What's up, dudes and dudettes? It's your boy, the Rat King himself. And I'm just coming in with a little bit of a, a precursor for this. First off, long as heck episode. So which you might ask yourself, why are you making a precursor for this? Well, it's simple. Um, I tried to do a really ambitious audio thing, and it ended up failing miserably. So if there's any weirdness in the audio, just blame it on the Rat King himself. Moy. Um, that's all. Enjoy this if you do. Um, if you don't, then uh, please send an email to the email that is don't drink the tea. I don't remember what it is saying, Josh, stop talking about it. That's hashtag Josh, stop talking about it. Um, that's all. Goodbye. The Rat King is out. The following episode is rated S for spoilers, R for ranting, S for screaming, and JMC for Josh Might Cry. <coughs> I was holding that in for so long, though. That was a really good, that was a really good opener. It's unfortunate that Zach was trying to hold in a cough and looked like his eyeballs were about to pop out of his head. Because she Not... was like doing this voice and I was like, should I cough? I should, should I hold it? <laughs> a cough would have ruined it. It was, that was good. That was really nice of you. I almost died. <laughs> it was a nice representation of the crazy chaos episode, but we haven't had a good chaos episode in a while. Well, here it is. Orient Express, <laughs> the movie reviews, is one of my favorite episodes because we all have something to say about it. And I should go back and listen to it because I don't remember it. Uh, I and I, I love movies and I love lo- rating things. I love rating things and compare. I don't know why I love comparing like the performances like we did. It was so fun and that was the one with man disguises mattress steals sheep. Express review and Norgan Schnorgan. I could hear Snake Police. I don't have. <laughs> oh, any, that was so. I good. don't have any fun quips for this one. Yeah, oh, but I'm sure come. I have good they'll things come. to say. <laughs> so. Uh, you probably can guess now. Everyone knows it's coming, and everybody knows that I'm going to be insane. It, this is going to be our review mm. and analysis of Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Nile. The unpacking, breakdown, all the other words. And it is indeed Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Nile. That is not a exaggeration to say that. Um, <laughs> you what? know, I'm, it is. This is Kenneth Branagh's movie, and oh, it, it is. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I agree. Sorry, I was like, he made it. Why do you? Have well, that's to what I, okay. Yeah. I you got weren't you joking no, around, no, no. right? I get what you're saying. Now. Yeah, Sorry. you're not going to walk away from that movie and be like, yeah, <laughs> Agatha Christie's Death on that is. This is Kenneth Branagh's <laughs> Death on the Nile. Do you know? I saw something for um, Comic Relief, which is what they do in it's, it's right. like a charity in England, and they had Dame Judi Dent on there. They were making fun of some like one of those reality shows and they were like what would you like to see ha- what would you like to come out of this or something or what would you like to have and she's like 
another Agatha Christie with Ken. Oh. <laughs> I was like, that is so cute. Josh would it would break his heart if he heard that. Yeah, I love <laughs> in a that good way. He, I mean, she didn't get to do much in Orient Express. She's not that great in that. I love their working relationship. I just watched Belfast, uh-huh. and because that was his one, it's his one Oscar win now. And that movie's divisive, and I I can kind of see why because it doesn't really Is she have. In that? She's in it. She's okay. the grandmother to the little boy that's kind of representing him. Okay. As a boy, and there's not much of a plot. It kind of reminded me of like To Kill a Mockingbird. It was very like little vignettes that are kind of loosely uh-huh. connected to their life. I really enjoyed it, but I can see why people thought it was aimless. But she <laughs> she kind of broke my heart because at the very end she has to say goodbye to her family. They all have to leave, but she has to stay. And her husband died and her and her kids and her grandkid has to go. And she never breaks down. She never, like, has her Oscar moment. She did get nominated. She didn't win. But she just, <laughs> she walks up to, she closes the door. And ever so slowly, she leans her head on the glass and rests her head against the glass door. Uh-huh. And the movie fades to black and it's over. Uh-huh. And that didn't hit me when I was watching it. But ever since then, I can't get it out of my head. It was so, and it was so Kenneth Branagh. And that is that is a true filmmaker. Yes, he is. Are we gonna? I love we're, him. Okay, we're not just talking about Ken Branagh, right? No, no, like, no. But you can't. That's why I say this is Kenneth Branagh's death in the Nile. You cannot separate the two. Yeah, it's, and I don't know that that was true of Orient Express. Yeah, yeah, I'll get behind that. I know I've already talked a lot. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say I, I don't. I will come in with with thoughts on occasion, but this is essentially your piece i mean you've been waiting for what how many years for yes. this to come out and now how many like days to actually talk about it and every every time i have seen josh you know in different contexts but like before this moment it's he goes like there's nothing we go straight into things we, we're like okay we're not going to talk about this we'll save this for the podcast but i just have to say that it's always about orient express and we don't talk about anything else Death the Nile, yeah yeah or um, yeah sorry and i want to hear everything you have to Death say the Nile. even if it's negative about the movie because i have i know right. it's flawed but i and and zach has seen it how many times have you seen it zach uh, innumerable amounts honestly <laughs> and you know, Josh, are you going to... I think that was an Instagram thing, right? Like, you need I would to like to talk about... How much you've I, seen it. Yeah, I put up uh, for people to predict how many times I've seen it because I, no one had heard what I thought about the movie yet, but I think you can mostly tell that I was being <laughs> obsessive before and after, which doesn't, for me, doesn't necessarily mean that I liked it just because I was being obsessive. But usually I don't like to hate watch something. But I can be very mixed about something and still be, like, obsessed with it. Okay. You know, because there are Christie books that are, you know, I don't love them, but I still obsess over them. Just tell us how many times you've seen it. I want to talk about the predictions, what okay. they said. When I first put that poll up, or the post, it was after I had seen it in theaters, but it hadn't gone on streaming yet. So the idea was, like, how many times... Which is weird that that's just a month, you know? That used to be, like, such an indicator. Yeah, I know. That, yeah. But it was kind of... But I think they knew that not a lot of people would have seen it because of... You know how life is now. Um, so the idea was like, oh, how many times will Josh have seen it in addition to this because it's on streaming? And some of the guesses initially were already less than I had already seen it, which was very embarrassing because someone was like, maybe three. And at that point, I'd already seen it four times before. <laughs> I saw it four times in theaters. Okay. Once opening day, once the day after because I had to, uh-huh. and then scattered showings mm-hmm. just because I want. And it almost a fifth. In theaters, but then I've seen it twice. I saw it the day it went on streaming, and then I watched it with some family that didn't get to see it last night. Okay, so only six times. Only six times. How about you? <laughs> Did you see it once? 
Just once. That is reasonable <laughs> and human. I do want to quickly, before we get into the discussion, just talk about my journey with the movie. Which sounds stupid, but I do have a journey with the movie. I'm so glad we have hot beverages. <laughs> it helps. Tell me a story, Grandpa. It's like therapy. <laughs> and this movie feels like therapy in the way that... Okay, I'm obsessed with Agatha Christie. It's like my number one obsession <clears throat> of media. But Orient Express, I wasn't that obsessed over before it. It was like a different point in my life. And for this one, I was like pretty excited about it. I'm getting a phone call, which I shall ignore. I was pretty <laughs> excited about it. How dare they? But every time it got delayed, I was like disappointed, but I wasn't like speculating. I wasn't doing all these crazy things. But like in stressful times in life, I turned to like my comfort things, which are, like I said in the last, Agatha Christie, going to the movies. Yes. And watching And movies, rating things. And rating things. This is all of it in one place. It's true. And so, after we saw No Way Home, like, the day after, because I was like, oh, going back to movies again. And everybody else in the world disagrees with me, but I wasn't really crazy about No Way Home. After that, the next day... Zach is showing a lot of self-control right now. I... No Way Home, I thought, was better than Josh thinks it is. It was but... better than Josh. <laughs> Hey, yeah, I would happily trade jobs. You trade me? You would trade a whole person to go see No Way Home one more time? Yeah, and like maybe I could get like a pizza. Yeah, that's no, fair. but I thought it was better than Josh thought it was. Hmm. But I didn't think it was a perfect movie like some people thought it was. I think the parts that I I did like are some of the parts that Josh didn't like. Yeah, and I don't think it's garbage. It it just shocked me how like. Is not even just like fans of it. How universal the praise has been. It's like it's the highest rated Spider Man movie on IMDb. People were mad at it getting nominated for an Oscar, and I was like, "Whoa, that's bizarre." Yeah, I they would were... I would kind of like to see it. I watched the bloopers on YouTube, and they were great. Everybody <laughs> everybody was just ec- ecstatic that Tobey Maguire was in it. Oh yeah, I love that, and and I thought he did an amazing job. Yeah, I, and some of the things that like, and some of the things I do agree with you on, like. The choices that were made for Andrew Garfield, yeah, um, those were a little silly. I didn't have, I didn't have such a revulsion for them like you did. <laughs> yeah. be, and I don't think you had that big of a deal until everybody talked about how much they loved and his. Performance. That's what bothered me. Yeah, I guess because it like strengthened my like. Well, I don't feel that way, but I didn't need to feel that strongly about it. It's not my thing. But I guess a lot of people still liked the Amazing Spider-Man movies a lot more than we did, and I, I don't they get that. Really sucked. They're real trash. <laughs> what I what's good about Tobey Maguire because I heard later that he insisted when he came back like I want my character to be as mysterious as possible. And I love the way he comes to his performance. Like, you don't really know anything that's happened between Spider-Man 3 and No Way Home. But he seems like, he says, like, things are complicated with Mary Jane. You don't know what's going on in the relationship. But he's so zen. Like, you could tell this Spider-Man, after everything, self-care is his priority. And that was like... He's getting the massage day. It was such a surprise for him. Because he was, like, he was giving everybody, like, this like, hippie guy shaman advice. And it's like, that is not the Peter Parker you get in the movies who's a nerd and a dork and a loser. But he's older. But he's older and he's just kind of been like, you know what? I'm lame and I love it. And I like I liked that a and lot. And it makes you want to hear his story more. Like, wait a minute. Like, sit down. Tell me what's Which been going really on with you. Which was a really good idea. And he's part. like, no, I'm not going to tell you anything. I love you don't know anything. Because I love all three Spider-Man movies. Even Spider-Man 3. Right. I love all three. And I love that he's like... This is its own little bubble thing, and those are untouched. Mm-hmm. Untouched. We really are 
talking about Spider-Man right now. Well, you all for coming to the Spider-Man <laughs> Review Podcast. We've started that podcast where every week is something totally different. And next week we will be discussing Chopped. We all knew that was coming. Oh, yeah. You can't, and no you can't announce there. the next week's new topic. I'm sorry, because that's yeah, that breaks the whole thing. I ruined it. Never mind. Let's just start this. I, guess, I wanted to do this with you. I just, I can't. I can't handle this unprofessional. I'm sorry, I'm an idiot. I'm too excited. <laughs> anyway, my whole point was, after that, I went home, and we didn't know when Death in the Nile was coming out. Like, they kept, they were like, I think they said September of this year. And mm-hmm. I was like, not even thinking about it. And then they said, oh, February. It was like, in a month. <laughs> and I was like, oh my yeah. goodness. Like, I got such the, and it was at a very stressful time in life, and I was like, this is for me. Yeah. Like, I don't care if it's good <laughs> or bad. But I am going to obsess over every detail. And so I did. (laughs) There you go. I needed to like know every detail. And I also, I didn't want to. No, it's okay. (laughs) I needed to know every detail. And I, I did not want to be surprised by anything because Mm -hmm. I knew my enjoyment of it would be me not getting like whiplash at the movie. So Uh I read every single review because I knew plot points were changed, so I found out, oh, the characters are majorly altered in them. And I was like, okay, all right, I know that, so it's okay. And then I heard, there's an origin story, a black and white war scene at the beginning. Okay, I heard it, I'm good. And I was like, I know every single thing about this movie before I went to see it, and that's the way I want it, right? So I, I went and saw it opening night, I was very nervous, I was excited. An hour into the movie, I'm pretty much jiving with everything, and I'm sitting there, and in the middle of the movie... Something clicks in my brain, and I, I leaned over to Tappy, and I'm like, they changed something. And she's like, what? I'm like, I just figured out something they changed. Because Kenneth Branagh said there was a surprise for fans, and I thought uh-huh. I had figured them all out. Uh-huh. In the middle of it, I was like, oh, I just figured out what it is. Because uh-huh. they do lay very good breadcrumbs. They do. And in the moment, I could not process it, and it was ha- <laughs> it was happening in front of me. I couldn't catch up. So for the rest of the movie, I was like... No, 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 no. This is all wrong. No. And you wanted to stop it from happening, but you couldn't change the I future. I wanted to stop the it movie had and already step happened. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, which is a stupid reaction, I know. But so, for the rest of the movie, like you said, it was a stressful time. <laughs> I wasn't feeling it, and I left thinking I I left and everybody said, "What do you think about it?" As soon as we got cuz everybody was like, everybody said they liked it that I, that was around me, even people that I didn't know. And they were like, "What did you think? We want to know what you think cuz you're the freak." And I said, <laughs> oh, "Wow. <freak>. Nice friend." <laughs> and I said, "You can't ask me yet. I need to and I on the way home with he cried. Ta- with Tabby, I sobbed. No. On the way home with Tabby, she was talking about like, "Oh, I love this. I love uh-huh. this." And she was like, "What did you think?" And I said, "I can't talk about it." <laughs> I know this sounds so dramatic and ridiculous. I literally could not speak about it because it was such a big deal to me. And that night... You're like, let me take it in. Let me process. That night I talked about it and I was like, I like this and this and this, but I do not think I like the major third act change. Mm -hmm. And I think it might ruin the movie. And I went to bed that night and I could not sleep, sweeping and throwing up. I genuinely... I swept everything. I genuinely could not sleep. Thinking about this movie, I got like two hours of sleep and I went, I fell asleep thinking, I do not like this movie. Yeah, because we didn't really talk about it. We haven't talked about it much besides the things like, okay, we won't talk about this on the podcast, but um, that you had, we just communicated our thoughts through gifts is the only way that we... (laughs) So mine was David Tennant in Waters of Mars going, 
what? Yes. No. What? No. <laughs> like things that I was like, yes, I'm here for it. And things that I was like, no, what are you doing? And there were, <laughs> there are weird things that I still am like, I don't like, but the major thing, book, I could not wrap my head around and we'll get into what it is. Yeah. Um, but I understand exactly what you're talking about with that moment where you knew something yeah. was going to happen and you couldn't stop it from happening. And it was like, no, they're not going to do that. They're not. Oh, he did. Which is by design. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not But you didn't done. realize it was happening though. I didn't realize because exactly. I was, I was having an internal monologue about it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's what they, that's what he was exactly. doing. It, it was, it was very, very subliminal messaging. Exactly. Which We'll get into that, but <laughs> so that morning, uh, I sat down at breakfast and I was like, okay, I've been thinking more about it. <laughs> and I was like, what really is standing out to me are the performances. So I went to see it, like I said, the next day, this is such a long, stupid story. And I went to see it the next <laughs> you day need to tell it. It's and I okay. said, this is what I'm going to do. It's red light, green light. Everything that I like, I'm like sitting here like, yes, that was good. Uh-huh. Yes, that was good. And the second time that I saw it, Something, I was, everything was green. I was great with everything. (laughs) Like, little small stuff that I didn't like. But nothing that was, like, ruining it. And then in the middle of it, I was like, Tim Allerton. Like, everything clicked in my brain of why Kenneth Branagh made the changes. Uh Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh. Oh. Oh? (laughs) And then I kind of thought about, like, our conversation about Salome Ottomborn's death. Uh Uh-huh. And taking it into, and I was, like, really focused on this thing, but... Much like Christy, I was focused on the wrong thing. And uh, much like Christy would want me to. And then when that kind of clicked in my brain, I was like, I think this works. Especially because I figured it out. <laughs> it's it's just a piece of the mystery that they added mm-hmm. that was not cheap. No, it was not. Every clue was there for me. And then I was like, I think I like all of this. And then when I saw it the third time, I was like... I like this a lot. And then, and then, and then it every was time just I saw all it, Ken Braddock movies. Every time I saw it, I loved it. And it's become like, now that I've seen it six times in like a month, which <laughs> seems ridiculous. But for me, it has become a comfort movie. And when I watch it, I feel so happy because it is like the vibes, the aesthetics, the music, the editing. And it's not a happy movie. No, for no, sure. Not, definitely not. But <laughs> I watched it like compared to like some other random movie. The other night, like we watched the movie directly after and I was like, I never even like considered like how well edited Death on the Nile is when I watched <laughs> another movie and I'm like, this looks like a whole movie. <laughs> and it's like everything in it, just f- ignoring Agatha Christie, but everything from like a movie perspective. It was a film. It's not perfect, but it is capital F film. <laughs> yeah. And it is like, I could continue. I could have watched it this morning. They don't make movies like that anymore, which no. I think is one of the reasons Old why the... fashioned. Yeah. Why some, like a lot of the re- reviews from like people who aren't critics. That, that's what surprised me is like critics didn't really care for it. Well, some of the them. The majority. But anyway, yeah. um, it is, it is not like for the masses, air quotes. No, which is kind of, I think Kenneth Branagh struggles with that as a director because he makes pop movies <laughs> but he makes films yeah and they kind of fall even belfast yeah. like they kind of fall in the middle and people don't know yeah. what to do with but them. i do think that it, usually movies like that that don't have a big reception like when they first come out they get their second life exactly. they they it's like other people discover it later or they they revisit it and they're like wow what were we thinking right. this is this really is good. actually great <laughs> yeah, and i've heard so. a lot of people say like Oh no, this bests the first movie in every way. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is Kenneth Branagh's 
best movie. Was that just you writing the same review under different names? These were reviews before I had even seen it. So should we ask, or Zach, do you have like, you know, your three and a half minutes of... (laughs) (laughs) What was your journey to this movie? (laughs) Okay. Josh had been being a freak by it for so long. I'm sorry. No, it was fine. I was like, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm in. I want to see the movie. I knew this movie, mm-hmm. and even now, when Josh is talking about like this big change that was happening, I was sitting here thinking to myself, "What <laughs> is he talking about?" <laughs> yeah. Um, but I that night, I went through a journey of my own. <laughs> I went through a journey of my own. Is this about like the food you ordered or something? It might be. <laughs> So that night oh, we yeah. got we got some food from <laughs> Oh I knew it. Unrelated to Devil the Nile. Was it uh Glory Days? <coughs> Glory Days. <coughs> yeah, we got Glory Days. No, it was Cafe del Sol. Was oh it was yeah. Cafe del Sol. Big difference though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, I like Cafe del Sol. Mm-hmm. Me and Josh devoured an entire plate of crab nachos uh... before our meal came out. <laughs> then we ate our meals. And was this before or after the movie? Before the movie. Okay. That's so important. Then we both ate a steak panini. It was good. We ate fries on the thing. side. Um, Just try their steak tacos the next time you go. They're amazing. Ooh, that sounds good. They are so good. So then we get to the movie theater, <laughs> right? Not long after that. And everybody's like thinking about, you know, what am I going to get to drink? Am I going to get a milkshake? Am I getting a soda? Just some water? And I order a plate of wings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. And everyone was like, how are you still hungry? He was like, shut up. Uh, and I, I was like, he, do you have food I'm amnesia? Not. Like you don't remember what you ate? I, I remembered that I had just eaten so so much food, but there's something about me eating wings in the Alamo, yeah. barbecue wings in the Alamo, and I was like, you it know what? It kind of has to happen. This is a day of celebration for Josh, and I'm going to be here for him. <laughs> it was like it was like a, a wedding. You're like, you know what? I hate champagne, but I'm going to drink it with you. <laughs> like, like, you know I, what? This is going to make me deathly sick, but it's right. It's and, for you, buddy. It's for you. And so I and got I the wings, and nobody else wanted one. <laughs> I ate one. Oh, you did eat one. Yeah. But I, I ate the other, like, ten. <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah, I ate all of them. And then afterwards, like, I sat there, like, in the chair. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's like, oh. Yeah, because Zach's review of Death of the Nile, he said it was very heartburny. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like gas. Then I got home, and you don't want to know. <laughs> Good lord, you don't want to know. And you just want to be there. As Kenneth Brothers Poirot said, I should tell you. Oh, no, I should not tell you. Precisely, man. Um, oh. So that was my journey to the movie. Great. That's um, great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's somehow more of a roller coaster than mine. I think it's more relatable. Yeah, yeah. Nobody has this reaction. To, only ever time I hear about people is when they have a, a real serious problem connecting with other human beings when they obsess of something this strongly it makes no, me feel a little scared. No, I don't scared. think so. No. What was your what was your journey with it? Um it, it took me forever to actually get to go see it. Right. I felt like it was just such a long I, wait. I had seen actually... it four times by the time Charlie Yeah, it, yeah. which I felt bad about. Um it it was weird cuz I, I missed like a, I think I missed like a like an important scene at one point cuz um it was too much cherry coke. <laughs> I told you to go. Didn't I text you and tell you to go slow on the cherry coke? I told you. Him. You didn't, but I. You should have. I didn't. I, tell you? I think something. No, Alamo doesn't have cherry coke. What's wrong with me? What was it? It's not important. This is more of a but deep anyway. dive into the Alamo's menu. Alamo's menu. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of their pizzas. All so, right. Yeah. 
it 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 was a totally different um experience only seeing it once i think I'm sure, which yeah, i think yeah. it, it makes a nice counter to you having seen it so many times one more balanced. but the way i felt about it after i watched it i was like it was it was so the way it was shot was so incredible that like if i never see this movie again i don't think i'll forget it mm-hmm. you know like i think i will remember the minutia of it even though i only saw it once because it was just like I don't. Some points in the movie, I don't think I blinked for like a really long time. Stunning. She had to use eye drops for like two days because people thought she was like you know in those like propaganda films where your eyes are like taped open, and they're like, no, no, there's nothing holding those open. So I know that you said you had a scene by scene breakdown, and you've got a lot of ground you want to cover with that. So where do you want to start? I want to start keeping in mind that we have nine minutes. <laughs> for some reason, this is our shortest episode. You, have, you do have a counter on your screen, so just uh, you can keep an eye on that so if you want. My you idea, can block it over with black tape. <laughs> my idea was to go through the movie to give our review of the movie itself, which includes like the, because it is a packed movie with everything going on. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot to unpack, which I know you don't love that term. But <laughs> um, we would go through that. I also wanted to do our comparisons to the much beloved Suchet, and I think the contended Peter Ustinov, because if anything, this viewing has shown me I do not care for the Peter Ustinov movie. Interesting. I do not like it, and I don't get people who say that this one is not as good. <laughs> but you could be the other side. And we do today. also have to counter like all of the... I do have. I haven't read nearly as many reviews as I because I can't handle it. Like, it's I, really sh- like, I don't want to. It's not like, oh, okay, I just loved it unconditionally and... You hate it when someone says something against it. It's not that at all. The things that people complained about were so dumb. <laughs> the ones that I saw. Yeah. So I just stopped reading stuff. So I was like, you know what? This is weird. And I think that Ken Brenna has been in the business long enough that he's not going to be, like, hurt by some right. of the things people and, say. But, but some of the complaints were that, so stupid. That shows signs of a healthy individual. Anyway. But that was the same thing. <laughs> like, I have my issues with Orient Express, for sure. Like, when I saw Orient Express, I really liked it as an Agatha Christie fan. When I watched it to prepare for Death on the Nile, I said... This is a good Christie movie. It is not that good of a movie. It's kind of by the books, and a lot of the the acting is wooden, yeah. and some of the line deliveries are just really horrendous. Yeah. One of the things that always hurts me really bad is <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. I love her so much, and she has to give the... Tr- and there are bad lines in Death in the Nile, but there are a lot more on Express where she's yeah. like... She's bleeding. She just got stabbed. She's like, some detective, why haven't you solved this case? And every time I hear that, it makes me want to die. <laughs> it's the worst <laughs> line. Which they redo that line in this movie 10,000 times better. Because Annette Benning says, um, some detective, uh, someone is dead while you're raking me over the coals. Uh-huh. Like, why are you spending your time on me when people are dying? That makes sense. Yeah. To say that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that I understood for Orient Express (laughs) is what I'm saying, but what I said and a couple other fans said about Orient Express is like, I just don't think modern audiences latch on to a murder mystery movie that is old fashioned like that. Mm Because Orient Express is because they're like, oh, it takes too long to get to the murder. That's how a good murder mystery is. Right. Or, oh, it's, there's too the characters aren't that fleshed out. With an ensemble, you can't do that. Right. And murder mysteries don't usually give you that in-depth of the characters. And that is Because that's th- part of the mystery. Right. And that, that was something that... It, it, some of the things that they said, 
in Orient Express were true. Like some of the More things so that, for that. Exactly. Right. And, but it was some of the, a couple of the critics reviews that I read, I swear they copy and pasted from their reviews of mm -hmm. Orient Express. It was just like they cut out Derek Jacoby and put in, you know, uh, Annette Benning's name. Yeah. It was like, you didn't give any thought to this and it's not the same movie and you can't, and some people were complaining about, like, oh, well, you did this. And it's like, okay, you complained that he didn't do that in the first one, and now you're exactly. complaining that he did. Why? What is your problem? <laughs> Nobody, no no one is good at because, And one of the things, and I, I know we don't really have no, like a... No one's good. <laughs> we don't no have a, really a starting point of like where to start talking about. One thing that really bothered me is that like people, the critics, the ones that I read, they chose like one person that they were going to be like, oh, well, so-and-so's performance was amazing. Like, so in Orient Express, it was Daisy Ridley because Daisy Ridley was the girl of the moment. Yeah. It was like, oh, she's her, very good her, she did fine. It was like, mm -hmm. her performance was amazing, but everybody else was terrible. They phoned it in. It's like, that's not true. Some people had yeah. some issues, but was Johnny, one of Johnny Depp's Johnny best Depp. performances. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And so that was really frustrating. They did the exact same thing with this one they're like emma mackey was amazing everyone else just didn't even pull their weight and it's like that is so not true <laughs> it is really wrong for this movie and it is <laughs> this movie is so different from Orient express mm -hmm. like it doesn't even feel like it's in the same series yeah but in a way that they still are connected like they're just on these completely different ends of this man's genius <laughs> oh no i'm sorry <laughs> kind of come on so, the podcast so can i ask, <laughs> can i ask you like which was your favorite fa hmm, favorite performance? Not necessarily your favorite character. I tried your... to prepare. I knew you'd ask me. Really? I don't know. Okay. But it's, you know, it would be dumb to pick, I think, like, this person who had five lines over this person who had, <laughs> like, you know, a hundred. <laughs> but I think what I can't get away from in this movie, if I have to decide, is how amazing, and I know, I'll, let me just get out of the way. How amazing Kenneth Branagh is as Poirot in this movie. He's good what as Poirot in the twist. first Just one. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm crying again. He's good as Poirot in the first one. And I'll, I'll, I want to get into it as we talk about the movie. But he is so great in this movie. He's so funny. He is so sad. Oh, so many times. Did you Josh like? Loves a sad boy. Did you like Kenneth Poirot in this movie? I know you've seen different versions and you don't have as much stakes, but did you like him as a character in this yeah. movie? He's great. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. He just doesn't want to get your hot beverage cup thrown. I'm not going. If you said you no, hated it, I, I wouldn't mind. I don't have any. I don't have love for any yeah. actor who's played him right. before. Right. So when I when I watch the older stuff, I think of it as okay, they're it's an older yeah. version of this. When I watch this new one, I say, oh, it's a newer version, so obviously it's, yeah. it's going to be more lively a lot of exactly. the times. Or, I don't know, it like, like the way it's filmed and like the way he's acting, it seems more lively than an old movie, even when an old movie has a great performance. Just the quality of everything, like the audio and the video and everything, sure. makes it come to life more. Uh -huh. so that's yeah. what I see when yeah. I watch it, and I, I like it. You were, you were right, yeah. And... I don't know how you feel about this, but like I think about like Poirot in the Orient Express, the original. Uh, Did I see that? Yeah, the old one. Remember where you like he never has a neck. Remember your oh, your, yeah. your complaint of the movie was get a neck. <laughs> <laughs> but when I think it's about so nice, you don't remember the funny stuff you say, so that way <laughs> you can you laugh can at it. Amuse yourself. <laughs> he does a good performance in that, but like, do you see that guy and think like 
you know, this is a human who I can relate to. Mm-mm. Not really, but that's not really the intention. I heard intention. someone say they didn't like that. It, it really surprised me. Someone said they didn't like that version because he was creepy. It's like, I never thought oh, about yeah. that My before. <laughs> it was your mom. <laughs> I don't think he's creepy. He's just so weird. Yeah. But Poirot is supposed to he's be. He's eccentric. Eccentric yeah. and weird. Right. But there's a difference between like weird and eccentric. Like, yeah. you want your eggs to match. <laughs> that is sure. one level of weird. But being like. Yeah, he's very strange. Being like a peng, being the penguin from Batman Returns <laughs> is another thing, right? <laughs> but oh I think gosh. like Kenneth Branagh's Poirot, and this isn't me just fangirling over Kenneth Branagh. Like he's a person that I would spend time with uh-huh. because uh, David Suchet's Poirot, yes, he is amazing as that character and mm-hmm. what you will always picture Poirot as. He's so sweet. He can deliver a really funny line. He's really good yeah. when he's angry. Yeah. But Kenneth Ken- Branagh is like, he's... He poured his heart and soul into that role. He loves this so much. <laughs> and so even though I And I love, think that's what makes me angry about people's criticism. Not only the fact that they're not real. Like some of them are like, that's the stupidest thing you could possibly complain yeah. about. Was also this like, don't hurt Ken Branagh's feelings. You know? <laughs> Just don't. Stop! <laughs> How could you look in that man's mustache and not appreciate the fact that he is like... Holding back tears right now. He doesn't care. I don't think he cares. I hope he doesn't. He shouldn't care. Uh, This far, anyway. Um, (laughs) What? Yeah. What was I saying? There are. There is like one performance in this that I'm like doesn't work for me, but everyone else. I had a couple. Check. Yeah. Like there are a few people where I was like that scene you could have done better, but overall, I'm like, oh yeah, you nailed it. Mm-hmm. And we'll get that with our performance reviews. But that even when I was like, I don't know how I feel about this movie because of the the third act twist. Yeah. But I was like, I can't deny that I think so many of this performances in this movie trump the performances in the last two movies. Yes, I agree. Awesome. And also, one of the things that, um, like you were saying, like people complain about, no one's got enough lines, but it's like, it's an ensemble cast. What's wrong with you? Do you not know the definition of an ensemble cast? I thought for an ensemble cast, this is one of the best ones that did Everyone flesh out all the focus. characters. Yes. I did not feel like, well, I would, I, I, we were, I would like to have heard more in general like yeah. everyone did such a good job or most everyone did such a good job that you could be like okay yeah you could have given them a few more lines but i didn't feel like anyone got cheated out of it and in in uh, orient express it they was kind of like uh like, you kind of forgot about that person yeah. but <laughs> that in, was legitimate criticism and this one it was recycled and that's especially because he shrunk the cast down because he knew that was mm-hmm. the right thing to do so everybody has you're you're that, not inside his head no matter no, what you but think. I, that's what i felt like when i saw it like every criticism that i had or even a critic every criticism i feel like he did something for it like, i do too not enough people got okay we are we're pushing it in to uh-huh. a smaller group, like uh, I, I don't, the I don't really care about this case. Okay, well, I'm gonna give you more time with the people. W- one thing that they say, like people don't get enough lines, and we're gonna go through this. What upsets me about the old movie is, like you talked about before, we don't focus on the the love triangle. We focus on the ensemble, uh-huh. which okay, great, those were where the strong actions were. But the book, the beauty of the book is. Jackie Simon Lynette. Yeah. That is the book. And that mm-hmm. is why it is one of Christie's best written books. Mm-hmm. Number two, number three, whatever. <laughs> Never number one. But Top five. <laughs> it's, yeah, one of the best. But this one, he does that. Okay, sure, Cousin Andrew only gets two scenes. But, but they were amazing. Yes, but you need I, to I'm spend sitting over time. Here, wait, when do we get to talk about Ali Fazal? When do we get to talk about you Ali You need Fazal? to spend time <laughs> with the main three. 
And they do. And he's fair. Yeah. Even with the problems that were out of the movie's control with, with actors' personal lives. Yeah. They still give it the respect it needs and separate it from all that. So let's just get into the movie and we can discuss it. And I'm going to try to be human. <laughs> so I, I know it's hard to know what to talk about first, though. Um, I, I'll just throw something out there. I'll open my can... doc. Okay, open your doc. Um, Zach, you said something about the the visuals. Um, yeah. and <laughs> sure did. it was, it was very, very beautifully shot very rich. It was a lot of, um, the colors were real strong and, and mm -hmm. the contrasts were really pretty. I love the pretty. color and, scheme. And he, with most people, he did so many different clever shots. Yes. And with most people, I would have been like, okay, you, you need to just, you, you draw a line, buddy. You can't have it all. You can't do all of these different creative crazy shots and put it in the same movie. But with this, I was like, keep going. You got more crazy, beautiful shots? Go ahead. Keep throw give it me. to me. <laughs> I, I saw one review because it made me happy to see people that did love it. And one review, it wasn't like a professional critic, but like just someone like with a movie podcast or blog or something who was like, it is so nice to see a movie with a color palette. <laughs> yes. Very because it's like, when you see this movie, like, oh, these are the colors, uh -huh. right? You don't get that in most movies because it's not really right. about, like, think about, like, a Marvel movie. It's not really about, <laughs> which I'm just saying, not about Marvel movies, but those are most movies, like, in that universe. That is, okay, yeah. how can we shove every color in here? <laughs> it's not, this. it's not, like, an artsy thing. Yeah. But this, he's like, okay, and think about Belfast, the movie that was at the same time, a black and white movie. Here's a movie that is in every way not black and white. <laughs> Even except, except for the except, beginning. So that's what yet. I thought we could start talking about, because that's the first <laughs> thing I have. Okay, Because this is one of the most contentious things about the movie. So there's a beginning yeah. shot, black and white. Zach, go ahead. Mustache word story. Mustache word <laughs> story. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that's what I kept hearing so many reviews about, and some people were like, we get a mustache origin story and it was nice to see this about the character. And some people were like rolling my eyes, mush, mustache origin story. So when I went in and I said like, okay, no, I don't like the sound of a mustache origin story, but I know it's an origin story for the character. <laughs> it's why is he the way he is? Right. So first off, it's black and white, which is great because it contrasts with the rest of the movie. Cause it's also very pretty because uh -huh. we're on like the, the battle lines he does one long continuous shot through the camp. And you don't know where he's going to land. And you're following people. Sorry, I'm getting too excited. You're following people like carrying a stretcher. There's like a dog running by. There's a bird that swoops in in front of it and always makes every audience I saw it with screamed when the bird flew in yeah. front of the camera, yeah. which was awesome. And uh, it was pretty. We get like, you know, the army. Long story short, Poirot helps this uh, group of soldiers do this thing where they don't get killed. And... At the very end, his captain... Who had a giant mustache. Right, much like the one Poirot has, uh, goes over a tripwire, explodes. And he's the only one who dies, right? right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it tears Poirot apart. And next scene is him in a hospital. Again, so beautiful. We get such a quick transition. And you have these rows and rows of beds. Uh -huh. And this nuns walking in between the bed aisles. Catherine, and I couldn't tell if that's the same actress from the picture of Catherine from the first one, but every time I went to look it up, I was like, you know what? It's going to be good for you to not look that up. <laughs> it's going to be I'm healthy for me to have some boundaries. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to look this up and mention that on the podcast. You know what? You don't need to. <laughs> you don't it's need, okay. You don't need to do that. I'm You'll be all right. Just simmer. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm never going to do that. 
Because I have been Googling every single day since it went on DVD. Have they put the deleted scenes online? Because oh. I don't want to buy the DVD, but I'll talk about the deleted scenes when we get to it okay. because there are some gaps in the movie. Um, <laughs> anyway, Poirot has a massive scar on his face. Catherine comes in. It Catherine. is Catherine. It is a sad scene because, and it's a little on the nose, obviously. And the movie is very on the nose with the love theme. They're really shoving it down your throat with mm. everybody talking about like, but what is love? What is love? And there are times where I'm like, okay, we get it. But I like that. <laughs> I think the old one ignores that. Uh-huh. And this one is like, no, this is what makes the book great. And it doesn't always hit it. But when it does, it does. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, you know, I'm going to marry you. He turns his face. He has this massive scar. And it always ch- chokes me up because he's just staring at her. And one tear goes down his face. And it's so sad. <laughs> it's sad. And she, and her line is simple. You, like, you'll grow a mustache to cover yeah. that up. Okay, no. A mustache is not going to cover that. It is a yeah. giant wound. And I feel like Kenneth Branagh, he was just kind of like, you know what, I want to shock people. And I don't think he was necessarily, not that every decision is his, but I don't know if he's necessarily thinking practically. Because no, the mustache that you would grow, was, it might cover the lip scar if hair can grow on that kind of scar tissue. I was going to say, I don't think you yeah. could grow a mustache on that. Yeah, really. probably But not. you definitely wouldn't cover up the gash in your cheek. But it is more shocking because people always gasped in my theater because it's yeah. also a very realistic scar. Yeah. I thought it looked very good. Yeah. It's silly because it would not work. <laughs> yeah. But I, it does not bother me that, okay, this is why he grew the mustache. It was weird. That does not bother me. Right. It was a weird choice to stick that in there, though, because the movie was already really long, so it wasn't like he needed time it I don't was, think that's what it was about. It was, it was about world building, I guess. It was about how did he become, which is one of the best lines in the movie, well, how did he become who he is now? Yeah, yeah. I live and breathe for the mustache origin story. <laughs> and I say that with all honesty. Good to I know. I love that part just because I was just like, all right, throw it in. <laughs> I don't mind. And I don't think it's shoehorned in. I think he was like, Orient Express, like, okay, here's Poirot, Death on the Nile is who is Poirot? Because uh-huh. it is Poirot's movie. Yeah. Orient Express is not. No. That's not how it's Poirot's movie. Yeah. No, it doesn't work scientifically, but that doesn't bother me. Right. You also wouldn't shoot yourself in a leg <laughs> on the middle of a boat and probably get your leg amputated in the end because it's 1937. <laughs> it's a murder mystery, and it can be a little silly. Agatha yeah. Christie, she had leper colonies and the craziest plots in the world. Oh, dear, Destination Unknown. Not in Death on the Nile, but she does have some goofy stuff in Death on the Nile. Fleetwood, two sets of lawyers on the same boat. Remember that? Her British lawyers and her American lawyers are both on the boat. What? In the book, Lynette's British lawyers come and her American lawyers. Oh, no, I I blocked that out. Because there's like 50 people on the boat. Somebody (laughs) talked to me before uh, they were reading the book to see the movie, and they, they said, like, I couldn't keep the character straight. I talked to a friend, and they made a character chart. And I was like, I'm just going to give, like, Christy does that a lot. It is annoying. But trust me, if you it's read. It's so funny. It's like white noise, though. Like, I, I completely cut them out like well, they don't exist. Because that's what I said. I said, if if a person is a murderer, you will have had plenty of time with them. She's <laughs> never going to be like, oh, it was the lady in the the back of the kitchen that you saw for 10 minutes. It is going to be someone you have. Except for in uh, Appointment with Death. (laughs) That one's stupid. But for the most part, it's always someone you've spent a lot of time with and it's someone who's very important to the story, which is, you know, Mm -hmm. we're obviously spoiling the whole thing, but it's the love triangle that Hey, we opened up with with, uh, spoiler warning. You gave the warning. And and, and and Zach exploded. 
<laughs> and and we talked about an Orient Express. We're in on the mustache. I love it. I think it's <laughs> stupid to criticize it. I think it's I, big and bold, and I would grow one. I it, it annoyed me in the first one. It did not bother me at all. In this I one. love the little goatee part. Yeah. That is such a nice touch. Yeah. And I like he's still he's still he's still young Poirot. Like yeah. he he still um, has a lot of energy, and I like it when he um, you know when he runs around and when he he does physical stuff. Yeah, as well instead of just like. I'm going to sit in my chair. Because Poirot didn't always do that. He did sometimes, but not always. No, no. And that, another yeah. criticism from... And I'll, I'll, again, talk about this later on. Because I have an, I have an address to make. Why don't you Christian just talk fans. about it now? I'll talk about it now. <laughs> Everybody's saying, this isn't Poirot about the mustache. Or they were like, that's not what Poirot was like. He was a cop and blah, 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 blah. He grew the mustache because he wanted to. He didn't have a relationship with this Catherine. It was Vera Roscoff was the only love that he ever had. Poirot doesn't run around and throw knives at people or hold guns at people. Poirot sits in a chair and solves it. Listen to me now. (laughs) Sit down and listen to me. (laughs) You insolent little brats. (laughs) Agatha Christie did not care about Poirot. I read the other day that she could not track his own backstory. She would ask publishers, like, what did I say again about blah, 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 so I don't, like... And when I said that to Tabby, she was like, yeah, a lot of people who have, like, big, complex worlds will check with their... It's not complex. She just did not care. And and when you see how Ariadne felt, how Ariadne Oliver felt about... Sven Herrickson is the way she felt. Like, why did I make him Belgian? I don't know anything about Belgian. Why (laughs) did I do this? I hate this. He's a vague character. Yeah. So is Miss Marple. You don't know anything about their backstories. Mm -hmm. You don't really know what goes on in their head. Mm -hmm. Because that is part of, like, you don't get to solve it with them. She didn't care. That does not work for a modern audience. Yeah. You don't want to watch something like that. You want to see a character you can relate to, right? You want to see a character with flaws, with challenges. And maybe he became a cop after the war. Hello. Whatever. I don't care. (laughs) I talked about ABC murders where they made Poirot like a priest. Yeah. And he like had this like the weird execution thing. That was dumb because it was pointless and it was beyond the realm of what Christie would have created. Yeah. What we saw in the beginning of Death on the Nile's Poirot's backstory is perfectly within the realm of what Christie created. I think. I agree. It's completely reasonable. And Poirot running around throwing knives... Poirot jumps off of two trains in the Big Four. I was going to say, hey, has anyone ever read the Big Four? Hello. shut up. (laughs) And when you say David Suchet is Poirot, they they were interviewing Kenneth Branagh about Belfast on like some late show. And I just scrolled through the comments because I'm an idiot. And somebody (laughs) said, love this guy, but David Suchet is the only Poirot laughy cry faces. And I I was like, that A doesn't have anything to do with this. And I love David Suchet. Yeah. But that's, it's like, it's like Sherlock Holmes. Like that's what I was going to say. <laughs> you don't see anybody complaining about Robert Downing Jr. running well, around. some and, people do. <laughs> who complains about, right? Now that's what they're like, who, tell me who it was. <laughs> yes, we'll find you. It's probably the same people. Say, Why do you get to decide, no, that's not Poirot. It's a new iteration. It, these right. books are 100 years old, some but, of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and in some... <laughs> <laughs> You're like the Cobra jump scare in the movie. It's good. Which was very well put in because I was, because I had read beforehand that there was like a, a jump scare with a Cobra and I'm like, oh yeah, that was in the trailer. Big deal. But it came out of 
nowhere, yeah. and it was genuinely a jump scare. Everybody always like, like jumped. Where did that, where did this come from? At that, at the bird, uh, a couple <laughs> other things. There, I always jumped. Yeah, but it it doesn't make any sense to me to like, oh, I'm gonna gatekeep Agatha Christie's. Like, this character, <laughs> when she herself, uh, she was picky about stuff, but I, yeah. I, like, read a thing where she's like, oh, I saw this play where this guy played Barrow. She's like, she's not, he's not how I wrote them, but he made him so likable, and mm-hmm. I like that. Because Barrow is not that likable. <laughs> he's kind of a twerp. <laughs> he's really full of himself. He's not that nice. He loves it when people kill themselves. So, it, someday, if, like... <laughs> Let's say someday that we have like a standalone of Hastings and someone reinterprets Hastings. Well, yeah. Like, hey, go for it, right? That could be good, right? Oh, that's bad. Hold on. Charlotte spilled their drink. Almost. It's all over the equipment. No. Smoke is going up. I'm dying. Anyway, my point being, I think it's stupid to say, no, David Suchet is Poirot. Okay, maybe you don't like Kenneth Branagh, but every time someone says that, it's like, no, because David Suchet... It's two interpretations of a character that is right. definitely open to interpretation. It is not etched in stone. Like, this is the character. A lot of Christie's characters... Open to interpretation. Are, are open to <laughs> be interpreted. Tw- Here's the thing. It's when a twerp Nobody complained someone. when Perot went on TikTok. I said, I'm doing TikTok. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> loved it. He had he so got many millions of, He got so many followers, he became the president of the United States. <laughs> How is this worse? <laughs> So not not to keep bringing you in, I'm just trying. I know that you have a lot of a lot of things <laughs> yeah, to say. So, um, like, wh- how else? What else do you want to like direct your energy to? Like, what um, else did you really want to talk about? Yeah, I and mean, I don't you should like stop and do a couple push-ups real quick. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I don't want to talk about like angry stuff the whole time. I'm gonna try to set aside <laughs> critics right now and just be really positive. I just no, I just want to know what else you you liked or what else you felt really strongly about. So I d- this is not me like oh we're gonna talk about every second of the movie, but like right after that <laughs> scene. It starts the score for the movie. Mm-hmm. The score is so good. Yeah. It, it was is, an interesting choice. It surprised me. It is big, it's bold, and it feels like Egypt. Uh-huh. And it plays through the whole movie. It, I love the music in this movie. And I'm, I'm separating that from like the singing in it, which I also love, but we'll get there. But this, <laughs> the music in, throughout the whole thing is... Because I love it in the David Suchet, because like, mm-hmm. each episode of that... Is yeah. very distinct, but this one it, it's a really memorable theme, which Orient Express didn't it's really like, have. It's kind of like a soundtrack. Na, 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 na. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> Zach, you're the music guy. What did you think of the music? I don't remember it. Do you okay. remember? Okay, so going apart that, then we go into the nightclub. Salome Audubon, she's playing electric guitar. Yeah, yeah. Did you like her songs? Yeah, they were good. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were good. Because yeah. when I first saw that, my brain was like, "This is 1937. Like, mm-hmm. would a woman be like?" You know, strumming an electric... But then I was like, wait a minute. This is Rosetta... Is it Sharp? Rosetta Tharp? You know who what? I mean? The character she's based off of. Oh, no. And all... Because I thought, is that Sophie Okonedo singing? And she's not... She is voicing the actual recordings mm. from the 30s. Oh, They're the cool. actual songs. I didn't know that. Because That's I looked neat. them up after because I was like, I love all these songs. And she's just... That's really singing. neat. So it's like, if anybody was like, oh, this music is really in, con- in Congress. It is... <laughs> From that era, yeah, you can really tell that because you, yeah, first you, very you might filtered. think that like, oh, they're filtering it because yeah. it's an old sound system or whatever it is, and 
and it, it, honestly, like back in the day, I don't think the music would have been as good as it sounded. <laughs> that's what there. I was, yeah, yeah, because that's what I was thinking. Not like as good as it sounded, but I thought there's no way there was a song this awesome back in 1937. This song is like too good not to hate on the old times, but it's like this song is too rocking, you know? Yeah, yeah I wouldn't think, but I know what that. Did, what did Poirot say? Your bluesy music, <laughs> which I did not expect to enjoy, but I, did. <laughs> I like how much Poirot like in spite of himself, got down to the music. <laughs> um, yeah, because that... The, so the first song, whatever. But the second song that they play when Simon takes uh, Lynette out on the dance floor, and we haven't talked about Jackie yet, but like seeing her reactions to it and her being like, oh, this is kind of upsetting, her like tearing uh-huh. up a little bit and trying to smile, which is great. Uh-huh. That song is so beautiful, and they play it twice, because mm-hmm. she also plays it when they're at the hotel, and the singing, because I was like, is that Sophie Okonedo singing? Because cause she's a singer, too. Uh-huh. And I'm like, because this is really pretty. So much yeah. that I listen to the songs, like, outside of the movie. But I know I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, but I loved that the movie had a great score, but also just the songs, period. And sometimes it would just it would just play a song, like, while the boat was going down the river. Oh. And that, did, <laughs> that, that didn't bother me. Not like, okay, you're just filling time here. It was like, no, you're just setting up... Uh, these are spacers, but thanks for putting a nice song in there. The best, one of the best scenes in the movie is, skipping ahead, is when they play it's Shout, Sister Shout, and it's after they first get on the boat, because it's like during the montage of them like getting onto the boat, Uh and Lynette is like, enough champagne to fill the Nile, and they're just doing like a montage of all the characters like really enjoying themselves, and it's to like this really swinging song, Shout, Sister Shout, and... You probably don't remember the song because I've seen it like no. that many times. But I re- every time I hear it, like the song is great. And there's this line in it where the guy goes, I can understand the birds. I can understand the bees. I can even understand why a rat eats cheese. And when that line went, Zach went. <laughs> and I know you can't see that all, but it was kind of like someone going, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> oh, you sold me. Gustav. I- did not remember that, but I, I'm on board. That was Zach's first like <laughs> emotional reaction. Like, tell me why you, uh-huh. I don't know why. I actually Googled, why does a rat eat cheese? <laughs> I've been asking this question for years. That is, in fact, I, I trained Gustav off of that. <laughs> yeah, what? Full fat Maz. <laughs> Apparently it's like mostly like just a, it's mostly a, a mouse stereotype. Because it was just like what was in the area. Like they didn't, they kept cheese in a place where mice could easily get and it kind of been like, oh, uh, mice eat cheese. But you they really kinda, did look this they'll up. Eat garb. Yeah, because I kept like laughing about that moment where Zach was like, tell me more. Oh. And that was like, just such a funny line. Especially, like, yeah. Because you're looking like, about the too. birds and the bees. And then you're like, oh, mouse eat cheese. <laughs> yeah. Tell me why. Nobody's talking about that. But that, it's like a whole montage of the characters really enjoying themselves. And at the very end, there's like this instrumental part of the, of the song. And the camera follows Lynette Galgado. Going from one end of the ship of the boat to, the other. to the other in one shot. Uh huh. And I haven't talked about how beautiful the boat is. <laughs> I have one but. little piece of trivia about that, and you probably already know this because I think it was on Instagram. Um, yeah. But they had a little. <laughs> you know everything. I'm not gonna tell you anything you don't know. <laughs> there was a little tiny thing with the. I don't know if it was the set designer or what, like his mm. his title was. But anyway, he was talking about the design of the boat and that Ken Branagh had 
a lot of insights onto how he wanted it. He's like, okay, this is my vision. Sounds Can like you make genius. it like this? He's a genius. And they, he wanted it to look like a shark, and he shot oh, them. Yeah, I didn't oh, see you didn't that. know no, this? Oh, no. cool. So they shot it from above a lot with that real pointed yes. face, and they wanted it to be a little bit ominous. Because my first thought when I saw the boat was, oh, it's beautiful, it's yeah. classy, and it's upscale. But it, like the the things that go on around it, like when you start right. to look at it as as a set piece, the boat becomes part of the villain. Sure. And I'm like, wow, that was really neat. And then the, um, yeah, so it was supposed to look like a shark. So I told you something you didn't know. Yay. <laughs> I'm happy. You and me and educate. And then the, the guy <laughs> said, the nice thing about Ken is that he, Ken, Kenny B. Kenny B. <laughs> that Ken. he would give you insights like, okay, I want it to look like this. And the guy put a lot of work into making it look like that. He's like, but then Ken appreciates everything that you do. And he makes sure he goes around and shoots everything that you spent time making. He's like, you know, I want this to look like a big glass cage. Like the middle section where he yeah. shuts everybody in and he's like, ain't nobody getting out of here till we solve this. Right. Um, he wanted it to look like a prison cell. I was like, I never thought about that because it's so huge and cavernous. But the glass yeah. and the stuff he does with glass. Glass. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> he loves glass like I love trees. <laughs> you don't love trees. <laughs> yes, I do. I have to go. <laughs> you know what we're talking about? Like every time we had to film something that I. I oh yeah, that's true. I, I get you now. I was like, what? Trees. Oh yeah, yeah. Not like I'm a tree hugger. <laughs> you film trees a lot. I got you. Yeah, yeah. like his visually. Yeah. yeah, he always was thinking of. He did that a little bit in Orient Express. Like he would go through the train windows, but he's always thinking, how can I shoot this scene from outside of the room? Uh huh. Like through a window, through glass, or through uh-huh. blinds, or. You go, he went back and forth through one window. So without. that it, it was fractured, yeah. Yes. Oh, genius. <laughs> I love hearing that because everything does feel intentional with this movie. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the boat. And also that he went so... Because that's a complaint I have too. Like when, when some people take like something that's been done on the stage, like they take a play and adapt it to mm-hmm. a movie or, or sometimes a book as well that takes place, all the action takes place in one, but they, they just are so... I know that has a word. Not landlocked, but it's, there is an expression for that, where you are just stuck in one perspective, in one part. Of, and he took you all around the ship, which I really appreciated. Yes. Like even you know down into so like well into done. like the you know into like the service sections, and then um, even just a hallway. Like the scenes in the in the stairwell mm-hmm. were like crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he did he did take you outside of that box of just okay, everything happens here. Here's, you know, the sum up, you know, this all happens takes place in this one little and he kinda tried to do that with Orient Express, but I never did think it worked. It's like let's all go outside do. in the freezing cold and sit on a giant table that no one knows how it got here and yeah. listen to me talk for an hour and a half. There's just not <laughs> enough, you know, it's a train. Everything mm. is narrow and you know, it was beautiful. But it's like here you like, oh, each room of the ship while tied together can look different. Mm-hmm. And it's just automatically going to make that interview interesting. Because and then what like, they're the, saying like the curtains over everything, like instead of doorways, like they had a lot yeah, of fabric. Yeah. And... It's just this movie lends itself. I was reading in the, the Poirot book by Mark Aldridge, that, the newer book, where he was like, Murder on the Run Express gets made into a movie the most, but it is one of the hardest to make because it is yeah. so talky and it's set in one place. Yeah. But it's Christie's biggest thing, and they're like, oh, yeah, Orient Express, but it's hard to make. And I know why he made it first, but Death on the Nile was the passion project. Mm-hmm. Orient Express yeah. was a little by the books, and yeah. this is what needed to come next. But I'm glad he already had the first one done. So I distracted you a little bit. What's the, No, you're good. What's the... <laughs> I was going to say some of the stuff that doesn't work for me comes next, which is Book. Um, now, we didn't love Book in the first one, necessarily. I had no idea why he was there. 
But in this one, he does serve more of a purpose to the plot, obviously. Yeah. But like in the beginning scene, Poirot's sitting there with his two eggs. And uh, <laughs> Zach, I, I don't know, it struck you so much with Orient Express, you haven't stopped talking about those eggs since. I just, a, a man knows what he wants. And he wants symmetrical eggs. And you know, he was dissatisfied, and then he got them, and then he was pleased. And there's something I think that's beautiful about that. It's good to hear somebody be like, you know what, I, I... This is how I want it. I'm not taking it another way. Yeah. Like you say, I want my egg burnt. Don't bring me an egg that's Should properly Should I tell a story cooked. about my egg the other day? Yes. So the other day, it's, so it's like 5.30 in the morning, right? Oh, I'm my. Getting, I'm getting ready to go to work. <laughs> You're and a real man. I'm a, I'm a real man who works real hard. Um, <laughs> I'm not being right. He is. <laughs> um, but I go to make myself an egg sandwich because I like a nice hearty breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and I have the pan heating up. And I've already cooked the sausage. And I go to crack the egg on the counter. Because I crack the egg on the counter so that the eggshell doesn't go within. I watched uh-huh. a cooking video or two before. And I go to crack it, and it just explodes on the counter. Oh. And so I throw the shell away, and I'm like, well, I can still salvage this. Because the counters are clean. So I'm right. going to scoop the egg into my hand and then put it in, in the pan. And so what I forget to do is, is close my fingers so tightly. Oh, no. And so it just drains completely through my fingers, and I'm left with just the yolk. And I end up eating a sausage and yolk sandwich. Oh, my God. the most elusive food. Your hand is the perfect egg strainer, though. Do you know how many kitchen equipment, like, they make I, those? To- and so... Afterwards, I had to spend like 10 minutes like cleaning up egg off the yeah. floor. And your hand. And my hand. And after, I had a really sad egg sandwich after that because there was no egg whites. And you know, I'm not that big of a fan of the yolk. That's my main thing that I ask for in eggs is yeah. the yolk is cooked completely yeah. through. Yeah. And that's all I had to cook. So it was easy to tell. And that's not what I mean when I say he likes a burnt egg because... A lot of people don't like yolks. Mm-hmm. I like yolks. Mm-hmm. I just learned how to make a poached egg, and it like changed my life forever. <laughs> and but apparently, I, it's a big flavor thing. Yeah, I've but, never done it because I like mine fully cooked. Too. Yeah, but when I say like fully cooked, it was like I always say like Zach. Most people don't cook an egg on high. Like, cook your sausage. <laughs> I got places to. The be. pan is like searing yeah. hot. You could kill a man on it. When, when and he you cracks want, his egg on it, it's cooked like, in three seconds. Whoosh, Oh yeah, and that's what and I want. And then you leave it on for another ten minutes. That is how you cook an egg. Yes, every morning, every morning. Yes, y'all crazy. <laughs> what I do is I I cook a sausage patty first, uh huh, and then yep. I use the grease from the sausage yep. patty plus the yeah, nonstick right. pan to fry the yep. egg. Yep, and it cooks and like it's already hot. It's already right. got if the it hot doesn't grease. if it doesn't pop and burn my fingers, you know, I know it's not hot enough. <laughs> I do that with baking grease when I run a really, like a really horrible for me egg. Like the baking grease. Yeah, yeah. Not like all the baking grease or you'll die. Um, right, I would never. <laughs> so anyway, like this scene where uh, Book is like flying the kite in front of the pyramid mm-hmm. is interesting. It all feels a bit forced. Mm-hmm. When Book the, when Book is really working for me is when he is more serious. Yeah, and he's a good actor. Yeah, but like when he's trying to be goofy. The movie is funny enough. It's got a lot yeah. of funny stuff in it. it I, he, you kind of, it was pointless in Orient Express, but I understood that because the movie was somber. Uh-huh. Like I understood having him in that, but this one, you don't need that. So that scene, because I'm, I'm feeling everything, and then when that scene comes up, I'm always like, because eh. <laughs> he's like, no one is ever. And also the weirdest, one of the weirdest things in the movie, is uh, his line, which was, "In all the pyramids in all the world, you had to come yeah. up to mine." Which is so either. 
Book is just saying that, and the movie is referencing Casablanca, which is weird, or Book <laughs> is referencing Casablanca, which hasn't come out yet, which is weirder. <laughs> the thing I found most upsetting about that character is his stupid red jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it. Which I thought I was said, a robe. It, w- it was like a robe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, the whole time, because he was wearing like a full suit. Which becomes movie. important. It does become important, but the whole time I thought, this is a stupid thing. To wear, yeah. Because he's supposed to be, like, in, like, a nice place, going to, like, this mm-hmm. night, and he keeps yeah. wearing this stupid red long coat slash robe thing. Yeah. And then it becomes an important thing, and I'm like, you couldn't have made it any other color besides bright red? And, like, floor length? <laughs> and I'm like, I guess, like, or the idea length. of being, like, he does always stick out, like, a sore thumb, which he does, because he looks like an overgrown child in that. He does. He does. And I thought he looked like uh, the kid with the balloon from It. <laughs> okay. Isn't he in, like, a... I've never seen it. It's a raincoat. A raincoat? Yeah, yeah it's a raincoat, but it's the same kind of, like, It does look like coat. a raincoat. Yeah. And, like, if you put the hood up and give him a balloon, I think it's a red balloon. And, like, the coat that combines... That's just who I think of. <laughs> I totally see it. <laughs> yeah, because oh, yeah, after that, uh, Poirot is introduced to Euphemia, who is a character who's created for the movie, but is pretty much the equivalent of Mrs. Allerton. Yeah. And um, that is where gen- genuinely in the showings that I've seen that actually got laughs uh, was whenever he's like, you have to meet Hercule Poirot. And she's like, why? And then he's like, oh, he's the greatest thing in the world. She's like, you look ridiculous. And get out of my way. And he's like, stepping aside. And they're both really funny in that scene. And I didn't even catch it the first time when they're like, they're supposed to be meeting for the first time, but she gives him like a look uh-huh. and he like gives her a nod. Uh-huh. I was too like caught up in the movie to yeah. even realize like the idea being in like spoilers for the movie, but I'm sure you've seen it. Maybe. Or you don't care. <laughs> is that Euphemia has hired Poirot or got Poirot to come. Because she's like, I don't trust this woman that who's hanging surprised, out with. That surprised me. I was like, oh, I did not expect that. Yeah. That was kind of out in left field but again it worked i was like yeah there was a lot of things that he that were just well they're in the book because they're in the book and right. he whoever he or whoever wrote the script didn't just take it at face value they gave you reasons like for example why all those people who hated lynette were there for her honeymoon exactly. like that, that genuinely when you go it's like oh yeah that doesn't make any sense like all these random people who could have a reason to kill her just happened to be there but then they made that yeah. work with the fact that simon had invited them all they t- it's they, like oh okay christy loves a good coincidence and they take yeah. that out Poirot's yeah. not there for coincidence all these people who want to kill Lynette are not I've, there for questions. I found that satisfying. That works. I, was like, I like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. And there was another thing that he did that kind of like cleaned up a mess from the book. And I was like, oh, that was, thank you for doing that. But I don't remember what it was now. Well, we'll get to it. Um, <laughs> He's like, oh, we'll get to it. Because at this <laughs> point. Like, I don't remember. <laughs> well, we'll get to it. We're only at hour five. We'll, um, and at that point. <laughs> Time check. They start the pro- plot with her Euphemia paints. He was on the pyramid with his silly red jacket. She ends up painting him in a green jacket because the red paint is missing yeah. rather than the nail polish. I think the paint works better than the nail I do polish. Too. Yeah. You never catch the nail polish thing, but the paint is fair because they, they throw right, it out. I agree. Them. And I think the nail polish thing was just like, was the. Christy always liked to do that with some innocuous object right. that was like no one paid any attention to. But of course, no one else besides Poirot would sniff someone's like completely empty bottle Freak. of nail polish. Yeah. He's just like, oh, this looks interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I love the smell of pearl drops exactly. in the morning. Oh. <laughs> He's sniffing him. Poirot. Same with a Sharpie in the back. <laughs> Poirot. Because there's also like, a hundred more clues in the book. <laughs> so they're like, you know, we have to downsize on the clues. Oh, I know what it was. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> 
the J on the wall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw someone complain about that in a review. I'm like, what is wrong with you? That was I always thought that was stupid. And I know why she did it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It still bothered me. It was dumb. I always felt like it was that. And, and the woman getting shot in the head was always like, this is, this sure. is like really a cheap shot. And he took that out. And I don't, <laughs> I don't dislike the J on the wall, but I like that it's not here. Yeah. Um, it was it was unnecessarily distracting, and maybe that was her point. I'm not saying that it was a mistake, as yeah. if she didn't mean to do it. I know she did, but that was her. In the, in the movie, she is more intent on being like, absolutely, it it has to be Jackie. Uh-huh. It is, and this movie is not concerned with that. Yeah, and I don't know if that was post production because what, how I feel, and I don't know if you feel about this, is this movie is okay with you thinking that Simon is guilty. More of the twist is that Jackie is involved because Uh several of the people that have watched it that know nothing about the story were like, yeah, I'm pretty sure the husband is involved. And Uh at the end, they were like, oh, whoa, Jackie. Because (laughs) in my theater on one of my viewings, uh, Archie at one point goes like, you have to find out who did this. And someone yelled out, you did. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great story. But when Jackie, I was like, shut up, you idiot. But they didn't know the story. They were just reacting to it. Like At least they were they in the moment. Him. Right. But I don't think the movie, and I don't know if that was because, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, this movie's ruined because of Army Hammer's life. You could separate the two. I don't know if, which would have been a smart idea. Like, you know what? We're not going to try it because the movie is like, they go into, could he have walked across the boat on his shot leg and uh-huh. done this? And they're like, absolutely not. It's yeah. impossible that he did this. Yeah. This movie, they don't even consider it unless it was deleted. And they drag him around a lot too. Yeah. Like he was the most mobile version of Simon because yeah. in most of them he's like he's like bedbound the entire time and almost dying of a fever. Yeah. And in this one, probably <laughs> was like, "Let's go for a walk, buddy." Yeah. He's like dragging him down the exactly of the ship. They're okay with you being suspicious on him. He, they want you to think he's sleazy. We hate him. Why would we trust this guy who left her for yeah. her? Obviously, wants her for her money. But it is the shock that Jackie is in the killer and the mastermind because mm-hmm. they also sort of let her step back in the second half of the movie to focus on the rest of the ensemble and she's not Which very I present. Which I like that. Yeah, and I like that. that's how I felt throughout this movie. Like, oh, this is Jackie's twist rather because the book mm-hmm. is like, oh, you're going to be stunned by this. It's Jackie-centric. <laughs> but it's Army Hammer and you're kind of like, yeah, he's, in this movie, he's playing him very sleazy and stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And you're kind of like, yeah, you're probably the murderer. I don't know how you did it. I heard two <laughs> people go, yeah, I didn't know how he did it, but I was pretty sure he did it. But the Jackie thing blew me away. Because mm-hmm. you ne- that's the shock that Christy does so well. This is the exact opposite of what you think. Mm-hmm. And that is the great thing about that. <laughs> so the best, so Simon and Simon <laughs> and uh, It only took us an hour and eight minutes to get to the first six minutes <laughs> but of I'm, the movie. I'm just hitting all the performances. Because we get our introduction to Simon and Lynette, like... They're trying to talk to Poirot to get him involved in this. Poirot has this cool sassy scene because um, Simon is like, you know, when I met uh, Lynette, like, you know, Jackie didn't exist. I could have punched out the sun. And Poirot's like, yeah, well, instead you broke your engagement. So you're a loser. He does not have any (laughs) sympathy for them. And I think in these scenes, and I see what you think, that Lynette Gal Gadot does such a good job as Lynette playing her, she has this confidence, which was sort of annoying about the original Usana version. Mm-hmm. But she's also very insecure, which Emily yeah. Blunt played too. She is not. She's afraid. She's insecure, and she yeah. is guilty. 
Yeah. She feels guilty about taking her best friend. Yeah. And it's a constant reminder, which Poirot touches on in the book, not so much so in this movie. But mm-hmm. the only reason that you're, like, so upset about this is because you know you did the wrong thing. You yeah, had she had she an had extra nothing. dimension. Yeah, because, um, and a, a really big scene, and I know I'm skipping ahead, like, a, a so full, stop. like, 45 <laughs> no, minutes here, and I'm sorry. We can't um, do this the way I'm doing but it. But the, one of the big scenes, of course, is very important in the book and all of the movies, and every, I like that they did it a tiny bit different. Because usually the, the movie is leading up to the big scene where Jackie shoots yeah. Simon in the leg. And... Like he, like she gets really riled up. She's been drinking. Like yeah. all of those are different. Um, and I think in every movie that I've seen that has been done fairly well, yeah. it's done differently. Like it's really subtle and and like tense and like in the in the Suchet one where it's just like oh you know oh this is Cornelia wants to get out of there. She's like um, you know this is awkward. I don't want to be around here for this. You don't think it's going to end up with Our girl. like <laughs> you mentioned her first. Drop you that the name. name. I did. I... <laughs> And it, you don't think like, oh, this is going to end with somebody getting shot, you know? Yeah. And then in the Mia Farrow one, even though it, it, it's okay. I mean, she could have done no, better. Not, she could have done a whole lot it's worse. It's not okay. She like, she is the antagonist. She comes yeah, in yeah. there like wanting to start this fight. And in this one, it's like you're not building up to that. You're going, all this stuff happening. And then it's like, whoa, someone just got shot. And the, the craziest thing about that moment was not even though Simon was like I don't I never even loved you in the first place and mm-hmm. that's where you can see Jackie kind of pretend to lose it, yeah. um, which side point I want to say Emma Mackey has the most interesting shaped eyes, hmm. they're not like any shape I could just dis- they're like a little bit almond shaped but also did a roast on it once. <laughs> your eyes are so <laughs> almond <laughs> that. <laughs> Um, but they, he does a lot of face close up, which I don't yeah. like. I don't like a camera like like up someone's nose. But her her eyes were so interesting. I was like, wow. And also seeing it on the big screen. Sure. But um, that when Simon was like, I never loved you at all. That's not the the push over the edge scene. The push over the edge scene is when when yes. Lynette was like like genuinely choked up and crying and like I so I good. really wish that we could still be friends after this, which. She she meant it genuinely, but that was the worst, heartless, most horrible thing she could have said to Jackie. Yeah. Like, I got what I want. Now I can't wait for you to get over this. Yeah. And it was like, oh, no, that's what pushed her over the edge, even though it was all orchestrated, you know. But um, You can tell she anyway. turns over and she's crying. Because yeah. I also think she doesn't want to go through with it. Because the, this, you know, it's explored more in the book that this is Simon's idea. Mm-hmm. Jackie's not really a murderer, but she's forced to be because of the circumstances. Because she knows he'll do it badly. Yeah, and then she has to kill two people when he was supposed to kill one and she mm-hmm. was just the plotter. And I think she plays it well, like, I didn't really want to do this. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like how this, but I loved that scene. It like, And she's really yeah. good in that. The, uh, the other scene that, that uh, she's really good at is Lynette is after the, the long scene where she walks, she walks into Poirot's boat she's like oh i'm sorry i hijacked your vacation uh-huh. and he's like well i kind of know why i'm here right yeah and um uh, like she again gets choked up she like cries more than you would expect lynette to uh-huh. yeah and makes her more sympathetic because she's like nobody likes me because yeah. i have money and yeah. like you know i and he could tell about mm-hmm. her guilt she just plays that off well and you know we don't have to talk about simon that much but i think <laughs> he does a good job of being like no audience member is going to be like, because Simon is a little likable in the Suchet version, a little Excuse more, me. and he's just some nothing mm-hmm. in the Houston version. 
but he's just a guy with a really big face, like stupid haircut. Zach did a roast. Like, so <laughs> big. <laughs> the roast. Zach's roast is not like of someone. It's a roast of the various casts of Death on the Nile and the shape of their face and head and eyes. Um, but I like he's playing him sleazy. Mm. It makes sense because no audience, especially like modern audience, is gonna be like, "Well, he's a charming dude." They're like, you're a garbage person. Like, Jackie, <laughs> you're a yes. garbage person. And, and Jackie is amazing in that scene that you just said where she turns mm-hmm. around and she's crying. Mm-hmm. I also like, I didn't like it the first time I saw it, but it grew on me. That breaking point where he's like, I love the line, because it wasn't a Christie line. The, the lines that Christie didn't write in this movie that are good, where he was like, I don't remember the good times. It's like remembering a party after you've been sick. Uh-huh. I thought yeah. that was a really good line. And then she says... She was like, you don't mean that. And instead of doing the thing like where she pulls out the gun and then like, she's like threatening him, she just goes, say you don't mean it. And someone steps towards her and she does it like it's a reaction. Uh-huh. Like, don't hurt me. And she uh-huh. shoots him. Like it was an accident and yeah. not like she had a mental point. Yeah. But like, and then they are taking her away. They're like carrying her down the boat. Again, a long shot where we watch them. And it's a weird reaction that I have to it. Like, it's not even like, oh, this is a sad scene. But her crying in that scene is so, like, realistic mm-hmm. that it, like, makes me have, like, this reaction where I get a little choked up. Not like, <laughs> oh, this is sad, but it's like when you see someone in person crying and then you, like, you have, uh-huh. like, a reaction to it. Like, oh, this is uncomfortable for me to watch. You're watching, a sympathetic crier? <laughs> yes. Watching her cry and go, like, she keeps going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh-huh. I'm sorry. Yeah. And she keeps, like, going back so she uh-huh. can say sorry to him and they're, like, just go into your room. Because they're all mad at Simon, which is yeah. great that this movie does this. There's no sympathy <laughs> for him. And... That makes me choke up every time. Like, because I, the girl who plays her in the Suchet version is great, but I love her in that scene mm-hmm. where she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so real. It's an actual reaction to something yes. that you would have done that you realize the impact of it hits you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another scene that I like just randomly, because I don't know where to put any of this like, just in context. We've <laughs> gone off the book. <laughs> the, the one I just like really want to talk about, Ali Fazal, but um, great. <laughs> um, the scene where. Book is telling, and I never know how to pronounce this right. Is telling Poirot, Book is telling Poirot, like, I met, a, you know, I met this girl and she's going to change my life and everything. Yeah, yeah. And they're sitting in those giant rattan chairs, which right. were obnoxious anyway, but he filmed it through the rattan. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of looked like a like a confessional box. Oh, yeah. I it had that look to it. And it went on for so long that you just kind of got comfortable with this visual. Yeah. It, it wasn't like it was breaking up it was like you weren't meant to hear what they were talking about even mm. though it wasn't important to the plot yeah, it was yeah. like you were kind of like imposing on this this, private this little moment that they were having yeah and book was being really real like he would and it did kind of because a lot of times uh christy ref, poirot refers to himself as a father confessor he's like no you yeah. can talk to papa poirot everyone does. um yeah and like yeah he's like yeah sure you know you know i won't tell anybody you can you gonna sneeze? No, I had a booger. <laughs> Sorry, no one wants to hear that. <laughs> well, why did you say it? Can, can you give me a tissue? Or a napkin? Right there. I'll give you a tissue napkin. <laughs> give me a tissue napkin. Um, and that that, that was a, a, that. a pretty shot. That's really insightful. Yeah, um, that was, and that was just Ken Brana being Ken Brana. Right. I love hearing that because I've heard people be like, "Stop it with the angles!" But it's like it's cool. They that worked they're... for me. I'm sorry. They worked. No, for I, me. it worked for me. It's cool that there's like reasons for that and zach is taking a stretch break because we have been talking for a long time <laughs> um uh, jumping off of that um 
after this is the weirdest. Oh, I just really quick, another scene that is really sad that I think they capture this is Poirot goes into them when they're eating in that beautiful room. They're like having their like, oh, we're the wedding couple in that like room where they're eating dinner and everything is so like Wes Anderson symmetrical. <laughs> and Poirot is like, why don't you guys go home? Like, that's the yeah. best decision. And, she, and Lynette is like, yeah, yeah, we'll go home. That's like the right decision. Uh-huh. And obviously, uh, Simon is like, uh, we can't go home. I'm planning to kill you. <laughs> and that scene is done so well because, especially on repeat views, because you're like, that's really depressing. Like, Lynette is a, not a good friend, but she's duped. Like, yeah. And she's like, we should go home. This is, not, this, he's right. And he's like, like, what that an easy work. solution. And he's like, uh, I'm going to kill no. you on the boat that you don't know we're getting on. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, okay. So, uh, but anyway, after that, the, the worst and weirdest thing in the movie is, you know, in most versions, they're like, oh, we're changing our plans. We're going on to the Karnak. Uh-huh. Why? Tell me why Simon is like, is my booger like sticking out? I can't see okay. anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the... It was such a hard time. <laughs> there was, like, nothing about Booger. And then you're I like, feel oh, he, was like he was, like, looking really intently into my eyes, and I was looking intently at him, and I think he thought I was looking at his Booger. No. I can only see one side of your face, and it's I not the like Booger I feel like I'm in the confessional right now. I'm so, like, raw, and I'm like... I, I'm, everyone can see everything. My Boogers, mostly, though. Um, the Boogers of my soul! <laughs> I think, like, one of... Like, you keep talking about, like, the sad moments in the book yeah, and yeah. in the movie. Right. But probably the saddest moment I've ever seen was just then. Because your eyes, <laughs> your eyes. You saddest like moment such... in Death of the Nile was that. <laughs> Can you see my booger? Because your eyes had, like, so much, like, you felt so, like, vulnerable there. Like, Can you see my booger? <laughs> is that, is that all that's left? It's just my booger. Maybe we should wrap up. Um, anyway... The weirdest thing is he's like, oh, we're taking a turn at the Nile. And then they come up and Lynette is dressed as Cleopatra. Like four stories but up. Yeah, with this giant, why was that in okay, there? Okay, so I, I thought, know why thematically. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking my nose. Go ahead. Uh, I wondered about that too. And, and only having watched it once, I had to figure this out really quickly. Yeah. A, a reoccurring theme. And again, one of the reasons right. why... In the book, it was just like, we're going to go to Egypt, isn't that cool? And I know in the yeah. 30s, that's what people from Britain w- would have done. Yeah. The UK, they would have been like, hey, you know, everybody goes on vacation in Egypt. It's just kind of a thing. Um, that's where we all go now. Yeah. <laughs> but they made it so that, like, a big a big thing between Lynette and, what's her name? Jackie, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lynette and Jackie was that they had, Jackie got the lead role in Antony and Cleopatra in their yeah. school play and then Lynette comes in and just takes the role away from her yeah. and she gets a, a secondary right. role so it was they that was one of the reasons exactly. why they were in Egypt and keep you know bringing that up again that like she Lynette thought she was Cleopatra and she could get everything she yeah, yeah and that was I guess that thing was like a like a photo op kind of thing but it was still really weird I, I like what you're saying like with the through line it's yeah. just with like the giant thing it's too much I like, I only like about that scene is what Jennifer Saunders says is that you've got too much money and not enough sense. 
Because that's what I feel about that whole scene. Like, okay, this was just like, oh, we have another mill in the budget. What do we right, do? Yeah, or let, we're going to have to. Giant thing <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't like, ooh, selfie spot. Like, people yeah. weren't like spending time. It's like, it took an hour to take a photograph. Like, I, like gonna everybody spend. claps there. And again, Jennifer Saunders' character is clapping slow and shaking her head. Like, yeah. this is the worst. Her reaction was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> another line that she has that's really interesting. And I know that they throw it in there to like, ooh, give everybody a reason. But, um,. They, her character is kind of merged with uh, Ferguson, Mr. Yeah, Ferguson. Yeah, because she was she's a communist, ca- and, and she's a communist. I like that. And a lot. Um, she was like, you know, oh, you know, you know what would happen to her if if we were in charge? You know, she'd be the first one to oh, take yeah. him out and bang. You know, and that even though it was okay, let's just throw this in here to cast suspicion in weird directions. She did deliver it nicely. Like she delivered it like it was genuinely felt, not like yeah. it was just oh, I have to say this. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to talk about her and the, the performances when I get there. <laughs> I love Jennifer Saunders. Uh, and, she, and I know she, I don't, you don't like her as much as me. She could be annoying because she's so physical. I, I And like that gets her, in the way of her delivery. I, I like her a lot more than the last time that we talked about Jennifer Saunders. Yeah. Um, because I've seen more stuff that she does. Oh. And, and it's kind of like a Kate McKinnon thing. Like, like they can be so into a character that oh, it, yeah. it's off-putting. But they are actually very good. She is so good in this. as the old lady. <laughs> um, uh, and she's so physical in this, but in a way that is not overwhelming. Like, because the whole point of Eddie and Absolutely Fabulous is like, this woman is so obnoxious. <laughs> because usually the Count, or I keep calling her the Countess, because it's, because in the movie she, the Suchet, she keeps saying Count Von Schweil, or whatever his name is. Count oh, Von yeah. Mecklenburg. So I always think she's a Countess, but she's just, <laughs> Mrs. Just Van Schweiler. Mrs. Yeah. Van Schweiler, or Cousin Marie. And, uh, <laughs> she, what was I even saying? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, what was I going to talk about? Can you, can you see it? I think you can. Okay, so after the, the shoot thing, we talked about the snake. We talked about this even before the movie. The snake is a nice callback to the old movie. Yeah. Another cool callback to the old movie is the maid discovering the body. Do you notice that? Like, because in the sushi version, they don't do a discovery. They just do the cool quick line, you know Simon's been shot, so Colonel Race comes no, in. It was like the, the maid walks it. You're watching it from a distance. The maid walks in, screams, and runs out. Yeah, yeah. and you see, the, like... You, like, and, see it from far away. You yeah. don't see the body. You just hear her scream. Yeah. The same thing happened in the old movie. They That's both true. did it. That's true, yeah. Because I was thinking the Suchet version doesn't do a reveal. Right. Um, who plays Louise? I don't know her. I don't know her, but she's in Downton Abbey. Like, that's what okay. she's popular for. Because my, my okay. mom was like, she's great in Downton Abbey, and she's good in this. And she yeah. is very yeah. good. Yeah, um, she did a good job. And that's another... The Suchet version did a really good job with the scene where Louise... Is, is blackmailing yeah. Simon, like, but you don't know what's happening. Right. She did a really good job. The, I don't know who the actress is who played Louise Bourget. She was in the Suchet. She was really good. Um, she was okay in, and it was a famous woman in, uh, the new one? in, 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 uh, no, 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 in the Ustinov. Oh, in the Ustinov, it's the same woman who, who plays, plays the murder in Evil and Yeah. yeah. Um, but in this one, I liked how, like, they set them next to each other. Yeah. And it, it, it just changed something. It, it made it, more interesting and more believable. And she's got all these little ticks she does. Yeah. She's like, she knows she has five minutes of screen time and she's just the second body. Yeah. She's hardly a character at all, but she like, she milks it. Right. She milks and, but it. Like, and when Lynette's like, oh sure, you know, what's her name? Louise is going to go back and pack up all your stuff. She doesn't mind at all. Yeah. And she, <laughs> she does it so well. Like, yeah. like she does it to where the people there would have believed her, but you know that she didn't mean it. Yeah. I, I don't know how she did that. I really don't. She's great. But... Um, anyway, that callback, yeah. <laughs> uh, finding the body, they do the slow 
out from her face that's like a slow fade in. Uh-huh. Like it's blurry and then it fades in. I love that. Because it's <laughs> like the movie is like, this is an epic twist. You just saw Simon get shot and now the next day Lynette's dead. Like, if you don't know the story. Right, because that that's the thing. If you know it, you're kind of, like, waiting for it to happen, and you get you get confused in you your timeline. Like, wait a minute, doesn't everybody know that? But no one does know that. <laughs> and so that slow, I, it gives me chills every time. It's just such a cool way to reveal the body. Um, so the, the interviews we've talked about, some of them we're about to talk about, the guy you want to talk about so much, <laughs> they put Lynette in the freezer with the hams. That's such a good idea. <laughs> First off, it's practical. But it's such a cool idea for the movie because the old, you know, the other ones, I don't think about what they did with the bodies. They just kept them in the room. But now in the Ustinov one, she was somewhere, right? Because like. I can't remember them looking at the body. But yeah, they sure were they because remember they go in there and like the pearls have been put back. Oh, that was in her room. Yeah. Right. They just no, no, no. She, I'm pretty sure she was in a cold storage. Oh, I didn't think about that. Okay. I guess I, they drew more attention in this one because they were like. They did. Because the hams are hanging around. Them. And I like. <laughs> I like this. And this and, is the and, moment where everybody <laughs> in every showing that I've seen laugh uncontrollably where Poirot is like, he straightens the legs. Uh-huh. He, one leg is like cockeyed and he straightens it. He goes, and everyone looks at him like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you really can't help yourself. Can Every you? audience was and- like, yes. <laughs> Ten stars. We'll leave now. We don't care about the rest. <laughs> that was the greatest joke in cinematic so one, one more thing. I only have one audience story. Okay. But because uh, I've only seen it once, but we were sitting fairly That's close fair. to like the section with the, like the the big walking aisle down mm-hmm. like near the bottom, and there was this. Um, and it's funny because when I bought the tickets, I was looking at the screen like where you could get seats, and I saw there were two seats down in like the, in the um, like the freestanding chairs where it's like two, two, and two with big gaps between them. Someone had got those two seats. Someone had bought them. I'm like, oh, those are really good seats. Um, and then the movie had already started. It's like those weird. Those people aren't here, and they come in these two very very elderly people very old talking so loud and they couldn't find which of the two chairs were there (laughs) and finally the man the old man was like and i'm gonna back away from the microphone he was like just sit anywhere (laughs) so they sit down the the woman couldn't hear what was going on so she kept asking him stuff oh gosh, and finally at one point the movie was loud enough that you couldn't hear his responses but at one point when they're talking about why louise hated lynette because she couldn't get married to this guy who was already married or yeah. something and the old woman's like who is she marrying and the old guy goes he's not in this <laughs> So loud. That's good. He's so loud. He was like so irritated that his wife thought that this was a central character. Like, oh my gosh, he's not even in there. That poor guy. That's right, his whole life. A moment of perfect quiet, and you hear her go, Now, which one is he? He's not. That's pretty beautiful. It was amazing. Uh, that like tells so much about probably what their marriage is like and <laughs> the next murder you're about to witness. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh gosh. That's so that's really my good. only audience story. Yeah, all I heard was people like gasping, like they gasped when the killer was revealed. Yeah. They gasp at like each change. Yeah. Uh I love that. Um The all other things is like, um they do the interviews. Um after he reveals like, oh, uh, oh, we haven't even talked about the Audubons, but he <laughs> reveals know. like, oh, Annette Benning hired me to, uh-huh. to watch after you guys. And so Letitia Wright's yelling at him like, you're a freak. And they walk out and she gets caught 
mid-sentence because Louise is in the paddle of the boat yeah. and her leg strikes against the glass and it breaks it. Just such a good idea for a body. Like, reveal. Because <laughs> in the other ones, she's like, oh, she's under the bed or, oh, she's yeah. in the wardrobe. It was just such a, an idea for, like, making the boat even scarier. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. the murder was just, like, throw her overboard. Which makes sense. Because yeah. they could have gotten away with it if she just, right. like, whatever. Yeah. But that she got stuck in the paddle and then yeah. they have to light those flares. Uh-huh. Beautiful shot. Go <laughs> under the boat to get her. Yeah. It was such a good idea. Yeah. And it, we, it was realistic. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that... um Russell Brand, we haven't talked about him yet. Performance <laughs> reviews. What do you want? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? He's so good. But the fact that he's like, he's like looking over the body. He's like, oh, she was cut with a scalpel. He looks and his scalpel's missing. Yeah. In the old two movies, he's not that important of a character. So he's like, it's a scalpel like this. I'm like, your scalpel's missing? He's like, anyone could have taken that. Don't look at me. I'm mean. And they're like, oh, okay. Bye. Right. In this one... Because of the changes he made, where every character is central to this family, mm-hmm. that is the only thing that can give us this moment where everybody's like, I hate you, you did it. That <laughs> only works with the changes he made, and that works for a movie. Yeah. And also, the boat feels so claustrophobic. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go. Please. That was such a... see my booger? That was... <laughs> that was a really interesting thing, too, that I was like, look what you just did there, Ken. Like, wow. Yeah. Because... Russell Brand's character is an actual character in the story, right? Because Lynette was proposed, and he has Not like even in the, he has yeah. two seconds of screen time in the Suchet right. version when she looks out the window, and he's like out hunting or something, and he doesn't get any lines or anything. But they're like, and her cousin was like, "Oh yeah, you know, you this this you know, you're gonna marry this lord," and she's like, "Whatever." Um, but that that they brought him full circle back around to make him a central character, yeah. I was like, okay, that shows to me that Ken Brown really does. Love Agatha Christie. Not that just a he, change for change. He, he read the book and it made sense to put this yes. character in this setting. And the fact that he was like a doctor and also... Because that was also a crossover thing with Ferguson. Because Ferguson is the character that was supposed yeah. to be like the one who was hiding his identity as, as mm-hmm. a, a nobleman. And that was what the doctor was doing. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, Zach just had an aneurysm. Yeah. Uh, do, you want, do you want to take a nap? But, yeah. Like okay. We're almost done. I promise, Zach. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Remember that? Remember? You remember when we were going to record this, and you said like we're gonna keep this like pretty short to like 40 minutes. That was the first one. Oh, the first one. The first one. I was like, we need to keep this short so the next one could be like. I said no longer than two hours is what I promised. Oh lord. I'm sorry. We'll, you're at, you're at an hour and a half. I'm gonna so. wrap it up. I'm just gonna say like the other like couple plot points, and then we'll do performance review, which won't be that long. There's not that many characters. I'm sorry, oh. Zach. I was just thinking what a good friend Zach was. That he is he, a very good friend. Because, you know, I live here. I don't have anywhere to drive <laughs> or sorry. have to be, like, well, you don't have to be up early in the morning. As yeah. early. You do but. live close. I do live fair. I mean, I do. I love you. Thank you so much for helping me. <laughs> That's an, no, no worries, man. You can talk as long as you want about anything next time. <laughs> next time? <laughs> that means so much to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so... What were we just talking about? I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah, I got us off course. Sorry. The boat <laughs> and uh, Russell Brand. Yeah. Oh, um. What do you want me to what say? What do you want me to say? So that, the fact that he made his character Dr. Wendelstrom, the Dr. Bessner is such a nothing character. 
Yeah. You know, he's just the doctor. I mean, the best part about him in the TV Death on Isle that we watched is that his romance with Cornelia. <laughs> right. right. He makes we're, we're Cornelia winning. happy. And that's that, all that matters. And that's what works in that one. And in the Houston one. one, he was just like kind just of a, a crazy, yeah. And his best line is, a curvy girl, this is what I like. <laughs> and Poirot's like, okay, <laughs> why are you speaking to me? And that's, <laughs> uh, he's not, I mean, what? he's like a nice guy, but. Was that Sean Connery in the other one? No, that was <laughs> Orient Express with Sean Connery. It's just some random. You didn't watch the old one. You're thinking of Orient Express. <laughs> but you remember in the one we watched, Cornelia with the bald guy? Oh, like, yeah. we were cheering her, like, be with the guy instead of the jerk, who's right, the communist. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, big girl. This is what I like. <laughs> anyway, the, like, the other two things that, like, really stood out to me. Poirot getting angry because Book got shot. Book's shooting scene makes more sense than Salome Audubon's shooting scene in the book. It's yeah. dark. And I don't really know why Simon is there for the interrogation. But I don't think at that moment the movie is kind of telling you because Poirot said it. Poirot doesn't necessarily know what happened until Book is dead. Yeah. And then it all clicks into place. But also I like that he has that moment where he suspects Book. He knows that he's hiding something. Yeah. And so that, that he gets, he has like that real tension in his voice and his face. And he yeah. looks to Simon and he was like, I need you to be here for this because I can't be subjective. Which yeah, was amazing. And friends. then um, I thought... I genuinely thought that they were setting a trap for Simon, and I thought that Book was going to be like, ah, I'm still alive. Yeah. And I waited for that for a long time, and he when did. it didn't happen, it was like, oh boy. And uh, uh, another thing great about that is um, it makes sense for Poirot's character. Like, he realize, he doesn't know who the murderer was, but he realizes that Book uh, kept something from him. He kept something from him because he was too afraid to come forward with the truth because yeah. of love, which is the theme of the movie. And, <laughs> like, he loves Book, but he's like, Poirot was all about justice. Like I said, like, yeah. he would, you know, if he doesn't matter to him if you go to jail, if you kill yourself, or if you're executed. <laughs> justice has to be done, a life for a life. And he's like, you stole this. This is, I know we're best friends. And because Book is like... But you're going to answer for this. Yeah, Book is like, I'll go to jail. And Poirot was like, you're going to go to jail. Because Poirot was like, I'm not covering for you. And that makes sense because it also it, Salome Audubon gets killed because she doesn't get to the point of her story quick uh-huh. enough. Yeah, which is it does stretch the disbelief. In this one, he is reluctant to come to the truth because he has a secret to hide, which mm-hmm. is what Tim Allerton does. Just Tim Allerton is not shot because mm-hmm. he doesn't know who the murderer is. Mm-hmm. It's just a version of that story that makes more sense. Yeah. Then we have the sum up. Poirot's super angry. And he, you know, he, he's holding the gun on them. They're trapped in the cage, like you said, which I didn't even thought about, but it's awesome. Yeah. And I think the sum up is done really well. His anger. I love the way he gets choked up when he, he starts talking See, about the book part. You told me that, that you said Ken Branagh made me cry. So, like, at which point did you cry that... when he said, I wanted to be a farmer? Or did you cry when well, he is talking and going on and on and he's like, and then Book, and then you can tell he like said, it was the first time he had said his name since his friend died. It's not. That it was like, whoa. It's not war. Okay. It's not war. Okay. <laughs> the, the great thing about and. that, his performance, is that he doesn't overdo it. Like, no. With no, the no, Book no. thing, because he's, he's talking fast. He talks so fast at that point that you could barely understand him. Yeah. He's like, and then Book, and it gets stuck in his throat. And, and he doesn't actually cry. He it just his eyes just water up. <laughs> and with Catherine, like he gets a little more because he's supposed to have had the champagne and he's feeling like queasy. He's like, oh, the champagne. And, and Zach's like, if I tear up right now, will you let me go? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, and then because he's like 
trying to talk about Catherine and like you know the line about her dying is sad, but yeah, like yeah. I was going to be a farmer. Yeah, because like, yeah. the best line that Christy never wrote is right. after Catherine, I became whatever it is I am now. Yeah, I love that. And, and he, there was a reason for why he was that way. Yeah. Like he was because his relationship with Jackie is important anyway. That that yeah. goes all the way back to the book. Um, that he talked to her more than he talked to most people, but. The fact that he was, he was, he had, he had been drinking, he was seasick, and he had been drugged. Yeah. That he was like, oh, you know, that got on top of me. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And the, at the very end, of course, there's the, the double suicide. I think this version works better than the other two. It's kind of have, a horrible thing to say. It's like, of all the double suicides that I they've know, recorded, but. But it's stupid in the Ustana version. It's just, yeah. it, you don't feel anything for it. In the Suchet version, it's good because it has like that moral moment where the, like, you know, she does it in front of everybody as they're onboarding, uh, offboarding the boat. And then Race is like, did you know she had a gun? Why'd you let her have a gun? And Poirot stares ahead and he's like, it's not that simple. And he looks yeah. so sad. Yeah, and, and he so, teared up a little bit there too. That's really good. I yeah. do love that. And that makes her, but there's suicide there where it happens. They have like the close up of the fabric with like but the little bit of blood. You don't know, like for a second there that you like, did he shoot her? Did she shoot him? Yeah. And then you realize it was both of them. Yeah. And, um... Everybody watching that, Agatha Christie doesn't really care about grief. <laughs> she doesn't really care about how shocking it would be to watch two people be shot right in front of you. But yeah. this movie, it's like when they carry Lynette's body down the first time down uh -huh. the stairs. It is that long sweeping shot of everybody's face. Whether or not they hated Lynette, like, oh my god. Like, they're <laughs> all, like, staring in different directions because, and, like, looking uncomfortable. You know, yeah, for as much as Christy would like you to believe it, like, not ev not everyone died, like, every time you went out on a, yeah. a houseboat party. It's like, oh, well, somebody died again. You then, would think that, who is it that said, like, if if all of the, because of all the murder mysteries set in England, there would be, like, no one left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you wouldn't necessarily go eat breakfast. Like, these people are like, this is terrible. And that, like, at that scene, everybody's sitting, like, Annette Benny does this thing where she's like, shaking her head because she like hates mm -hmm. them because they killed her son mm -hmm. she's shaking her head and she's looking down like i don't know what to think and like uh dawn fridge is covering her mouth because uh -huh. that's horrible and at the very yeah. end they carry all the bodies off of the boat because it's like these were people yeah like i know that it's a murder mystery and you don't necessarily want to walk out being like huh but it's like <laughs> yeah when people die you don't necessarily go well that's another death thought which is kind of how it's treated Whoops. in the old ones <laughs> yeah like, well yeah. no one really liked her anyway okay <laughs> that's all of them we'll do the quick performance reviews <laughs> we're only at an hour and 38 i know but for zacky's sake <laughs> all right poirot i rated everybody out of 10 you don't have to do that i was just gonna compare <laughs> poirot in their movies Suchet used to not brana zach's only seen Suchet and brana who did you like more in their movies? I like Brana the best. Awesome. <laughs> Can I go home now? <laughs> if I had to use three words to describe this movie, it would be simple. Man-made, <laughs> upright, <laughs> and leafy? Uh, it, it was uh, smell good or oh, something. Oh, fragrant. 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 No one will ever get that, but it's nice. Fragrant. <laughs> that was a great review. Usually his reviews are, it was good. This one is, it was good and favorite. Yustinov, Suchet, Brana. Yeah. Suchet is definitive Poirot, sure. Yeah. Brana is beyond Poirot in this movie. 
those moments, those I'm next glad level you touched run. on those two moments, so uh-huh. I didn't have to. <laughs> Even like just not making me cry, that is just Oscar worthy acting. And if this movie was taken more seriously, if it was a different genre, I think it would. It was, and that's why I think it will get appreciated. The, the good parts of it will get appreciated later because yeah, it's like how could you find fault with the acting? Just idiots. Come on, <laughs> it's going to be a farmer. Here's the thing. And I know most of our listeners won't get this, but I'll describe this, and I don't think you guys will either. And I don't. <laughs> no one's gonna get it. No one's gonna. Who get is it. this for? So but go for it. <laughs> it's gonna be a. It's gonna be an amazing analogy. Do you get I it? promise. I, get it. <laughs> um, I haven't seen the show, right? But there's uh, an anime where okay. there, it's like this big fighting scene, and the, he's like, "Go ahead and take off your ankle weights for the guy to fight the other guy." And it's supposed to be this big moment. He drops him, and there's like a big explosion, meaning that he was had like. 500 pounds of weight on him this whole time and it was really holding him back and he's uh-huh. like the best version of himself now and that's what happened is Poirot <laughs> yeah. took off his ankle weights and <laughs> dropped him and then he was like I will sub the mystery yeah. that's actually really good I'm totally behind that <laughs> and I want to see this movie in anime Excellent. now anime form Death on the Nile the <laughs> with the duck um, exactly. Lynette Ridgway I gave uh, I do not care for in the slightest the woman from the old one. So bland, and she shouldn't be. Emily Blunt, pretty wooden, but okay. Best is, in the 22 version, she does the best job of all three, giving the character layers and dimensions. Probably, yeah. I think I, think I would I mean, that's just that, my yeah. opinion. I'm not yeah. I like Emily Blunt because of the way that she portrayed it was really, really close to book like yeah, it, it was pretty much followed it and i don't know what was Horrible going on with the, the woman in houston off with just like it's not her fault that her teeth were so huge and that's like all you saw on the whole yeah, thing well, but there's <laughs> such thing as a file <laughs> oh that's a horrible thought i don't mean it i'm okay, sorry so moving on next person uh jackie mia farrow hate her as jackie jackie <laughs> is my favorite christy character okay good to know i thought it was cornelia I love Cornelia, but that's just in the movie. Okay. Like, she's not that good in the book. <laughs> um, she does such a stupid job because she plays her so flighty and that's not what Jackie's like. Yeah. The girl who plays her in uh, the Suchet is amazing. We really should learn her name. So it, it, I got it down. It was Emma Griffiths Mallon, which I only oh. put down because they're both named Emma. Emma Mackey and Emma Griffiths Oh, okay. Mallon. Interesting. But Emma, the girl who played her in the Suchet version is closest to the book and I uh-huh. love Jackie in the book. She is still the best, but Emma Mackey is second I and think... Mia Farrow is... 12. I think Mia Farrow was was playing up to the edge of her, like, playing up to her being on the edge of having a nervous breakdown at Damn. any moment. And that's okay. Yeah. But of what we're comparing to, yeah, I mean, Emmy Mac. Me, 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 me. Me, 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 The lady me, with me, the interesting me, shaped me. eyes definitely did good. And we didn't talk about the scene. And, and this is very bittersweet. But when she come, when she walks up the stairs in that red dress... Oh, yeah, it's yeah. like she's it's like she's some because everything is like whites and tans right. and stuff and it's like oh a wedding a happy time every you know everything's very light and it's it, she's like a crocodile like that's what she was right. meant to be the whole image is like oh so clear it's like the crocodile coming up out of the night oh that was another jump scare the crocodile eating the bird but that also reminded me i didn't mean to interrupt you but <laughs> another one of zach reacts i forgot <laughs> after the the maid screams when she finds the body like like, these boys on the side of the, like, river, like, look up. These birds fly up. And there's this cow that turns its head. And Zach, like, burst out laughing. It was like, the cow went, what? <laughs> it really, at the reveal of this death, you were, as they were panning out from this dead woman, you were laughing at them. The cow went, what? 
It's like the cow didn't move, right? The cow just turned its head, yeah. What? <laughs> Which was a weird thing. I got what he was doing, but it was weird to show the cow because the cow's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'll, meet, I'll meet my cud. Oh my god! That was a good Zach moment. So I give Zach ten there. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I, yes. give, I give the cow twelve. But it was kind of weird when she, because her like her dress is all red and everything is a big contrast, and she comes up really slowly, and he shot that really pretty, yeah, yeah. and she like walks straight up to Simon, and that's all really interesting. And then you're like, and I was like, sitting there, I was like, please don't say anything, please don't have a line, please just be there. And she goes, "How's Lynette?" And it was like. What? It wasn't that bad. It was just two words. It was, but it was dumb. Because he doesn't say anything. He just yeah. walks off and like, well, we're going on to something else now. And it's like, well, that was anticlimactic. Uh -huh. And maybe it would really happen that way. But that was a pretty shot. Yeah. Her coming up I, like like she was coming up out of the of the water like she was a, a crocodile. That to be fair, the other two movies, movies are super catty. Like she's always saying. <laughs> yeah. And they cut that all that out. Like yeah. it's much more it was, it was dignified. More yeah. Simon Doyle. Uh, Army Hammer's the best. TV version is second. Old guy. Stupid haircut, stupid face. You're not even hateable. Your face is so stupid. I'd love to see Zach roast him. One thing, one thing about him though is when he shot himself in the leg, it was the most believable. In the old movie, the, in, in the Ustinov, when he like has oh. to, when he shoots himself the second time, because oh, he has that. to be like, at first you're like, oh, well, he only you're, shoots himself one time. You're in pain, and then <laughs> oh, then like when he's really in pain, like when he has to, yeah, and yeah. it's like he did that really well. Like he expressed like being in abject misery sure. really well. That, yeah, um, I, I, I. I some of the stuff Army Hammer did okay. Some of it was like, what? But I I like the guy in Sush in the Suchet version the best. He he to me yeah. is the only Simon Doyle. What he does great is there's a hesitation before he shoots himself oh, in the leg. Oh oh yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I thought about this. I saw someone the other day, an actor that I've never seen before, and I, he was such an interesting person. And he had and I was like, okay, he would be the perfect Simon Doyle. Was it Zach? <laughs> no, he is. His name I'm gonna is. Shoot my leg now. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "That's not. You don't say that." Come on. <laughs> now I'm gonna Whoops. murder my wife. I'll be that first. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, uh, Dang it. <laughs> you should. You should look him up and tell me what you think. His name is Max Brown, okay. and he. I had never seen it's him on anything else. The most lackluster name I've ever. It, heard. It's really weird. I was He's like, like a paper bag. Over I was like, space. isn't that someone like? <laughs> But he is, I saw him in something where he was playing like a, a an inspector who was like, you know, kind of like they s s describe Simon big and boor big and boyish and uncomplicated. Square. Yeah, square. He's square perfect. Boy. He is, he is a square boy. So you should look at. <laughs> I love square boys. Best kind of boys. Your favorite thing. <laughs> More he, square he boys. He is so square More. that. That is a flaw um, in Death of the Nile. But you, square should, boys. <laughs> you should look him up because, um. He, okay. He's also been in Downton Abbey, which I think at this point everybody in England has been yeah, in Downton Abbey. But he would make the best Simon Doyle. So anyway, moving on. No, that's, that's, <laughs> it's it is such a crying shame we have not talked about her at all. Salome Audubon in this movie. Sophia Gennaro oh, is so great. Yeah. Um, I love you know she has great faces when she sings, but she has like there's scenes where she flirts with Poirot and Poirot yeah. does like fumbling over his words talking about the vegetable marrows. He gets, he gets like, and then he'll like, she'll just stare at him and he'll just keep talking. He can't stop talking about the vegetable marrows. <laughs> and I, I like lean over his like, like, that was me and you. Like every interaction we had with the girl before we were married. And yeah. maybe even now, like he was <laughs> well, like, that was our interaction well. right before it was like, uh, and do you, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> vegetable marrows. Vegetable marrows. That's great. And she, like, she has, like, these little monologues. Because at the beginning, she's going real ham. But she, like, yeah. dials it down. She has the little monologue she's about... She's just like, let me talk to you for a yeah. minute about my past. About the men that... that that Rosalie's been with, she likes Book best, even though yeah. he's he's like way less dignified than the others. She talks about her backstory about like Lynette not wanting to share the pool uh, with her daughter because they were black, and that's done really well. And their relationship, some people didn't buy. I thought it was like really interesting. I thought it was it was nice the way that they did it. She yeah. does a great job. She I, does. I love Angela Lansbury as Salome Audubon. I know it's a completely <laughs> different character. It, it's a very different interpretation. Right. Yeah. And she's for comic relief. Her death in Death on job. the Nile is so... I know it's like dumb in the book. It is so obnoxious in that movie because they're doing a, a flashback and... Like, you're watching the flashback. You don't even know what's going on. The next, it goes from the flashback to her face exploding in blood. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. There's no music. And, and the one in Suchet is, you, you're like, I know her name too. It's better. No, the one who plays. Francis Delator. Francis Delator. That one's yeah. better yeah. than Angela Lansbury. I'm not saying the acting is better. Yeah. Her death is better. But anyway, Salome Audubon is not for jokes. And I know it's a different character. But for me, Sophie Okonedo, I know it's a completely different character. But for me, I was like, oh, that's a 10. Like, she's the best. She did a really good job. And I am really partial to a completely tanked Angela Lansbury. Yeah, that's good. She, just because it was a different role from what you're used to, like, you have such a an idea of Angela Lansbury is just this way. That's what makes it so good. It, it was fun. But yeah, Sophie Okanada did a really good job. And she did a good job with the accent, too. Rosalie, I have a little... She did not. I have a little bit of... Her lines were really good. And it, again, some of, the, some of the best lines Christine ever wrote were... It hurt, was her speeches were really good yeah. but I didn't like how she was ridiculously ang- angry at Poirot all the time and maybe you would have been that way but she also overplayed a little bit like how smart she was she's really full of herself yeah and Sophie Okonedo it, she has a lot of confidence but it didn't right. come off as narcissistic like no and no. she's more one note as a character I mean I know that's the way it's written mm-hmm. I don't care for that performance it's not like the other two are that good because like the one in the sushi the one in sushi is interesting olivia hussey is not that interesting in the old one depressed though yeah she was more sad than angry she was she was a little bit emo but i like the way she does i've forgotten how to be nice (laughs) dr bessner or windlesham russell brand amazing the scene where he he's always like so keeps it together and the scene with the body where he does my favorite line is breakdown what do you want me to say is so good because he slips and up then for no five one answers seconds. Him. Yeah, no one says anything, and he's like, <sighs> and he has like reveals like this little tiny sad backstory. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, our marriage was for the newspapers, but I actually loved her. Yeah, amazing. And and also the scene where they're like they get into like this fight, and they're basically just pushing each other in the face, and it goes on for a long. time. And all time. he does, he doesn't what? say a word. He goes, <laughs> and <laughs> just charges. Something them. else is happening, and this is like going on in the background, which was really fun. And then also it was like. Boom, it was over, and everybody buttons up their jackets, and then it's done. Right. It's like, that felt real, Get too. out a good fight. Sometimes <laughs> like, me and Zach are like, we're having a good day, but we're like, you want to tussle? Let's <laughs> get out quick. You just want to get, to you just wanna get out quick, a quick fight. <laughs> okay. And we do. Next. Yes. I'm trying, Zach. Um, cousin Andrew. We haven't talked about him. Oh, before. my goodness. He's wearing dentures in this movie. Those are not his real teeth. Okay. He is so good with the physical acting. Oh my because goodness. He's like he's like always he's so uncomfortable in his own skin. He he keeps his shoulders hunched. He's always creaking his neck, adjusting like his neck. collar. <laughs> and he's got those teeth that are too big for his mouth. And he's, and he's always so... like 
when anyone walks up to him, it's like, I know that you, I, I'm ready. He's like yeah. loaded for bear all the time. He's, he keep he keeps his binder between him and Poirot. Uh-huh. And, the yeah. and the way that uh, Poirot, the way Kenneth Branagh shoots it like below him, uh-huh. like when he pulls out the gun, like I would have used this. And He's it's so this giant gun that's like, how did you have that in your jacket? And at the end where they're like, why would you leave your gun here with a murderer on board? And he's like, I would have been shot because I'm a dark man with a gun. Yeah. Everybody's decisions make sense. He and was he, so good. Oh, at the beginning too, when he's like talking to Lynette about, oh, look, when we were kids and I brought you this picture to remind you of like, you know, that we were friends and you better always be nice to me. It was so, it was so undersold yeah. that you bought it a hundred percent. I wish he would have had more screen time just because of how amazing he great. played. It's like, I want to see him For in like other two stuff. scenes. But they were so, so good. Great. Yep. And I love the scene where they shot it up and he was like, you know, he, he just kept, yeah, the ticks, the physicality. Yeah. yeah. We don't need to talk Excellent. about Book. There's no like equivalent to that. Uh, <laughs> Nurse Bowers. Uh, I like what Dawn French does. I heard in an interview, she said, I played Nurse Bowers like she was an overgrown preschooler. Like, because I Aww. love how, like, when she walks, she kind of like bounces like a little kid going to school. She wears those silly hats and her like emotional reactions to things are very good. Um, yeah, and she was. You expect her to to like. Oh, it's Don French. She's gonna do something amazingly funny. But she not, was. She was poignant through the whole she thing. Didn't really have. Yeah, and Maggie Smith is just so sassy, like in the original. <laughs> yeah. um, I think in the in that one she genuinely won because she was always making jokes about uh, Bette Davis that yeah. she was just like gonna push her overboard and all this stuff. I genuinely think she hated her. <laughs> I think she did because I think everybody. I love Bette Davis, but she was a monster. <laughs> Every actress from the old age was because they were all treated very poorly. But yeah, um, that's so to get to uh, Marie Van Schuyler in this movie, Schweiler in the old ones, it's Schuyler <laughs> yeah. in this. I love Betty Davis. She's my favorite actress from that era. Uh-huh. I love her. She's 3000 years old in Death on the Nile. <laughs> she can barely blink. But she, she's not. She delivers every zinger. I don't care for it. What? I love Caddy Betty Davis. I love uh, her lines in that are so good. Her lines are good, but I, I guess I'm thinking about like whatever happened to Baby Jane, how <laughs> how full of malice she can be. Yeah. And with this, she's kind of like, you could tell she's like, this is so beneath me. Like, do you know how many Oscars I have? I and Maggie get Smith that is like, feeling at all. shut up. <laughs> I, I guess it's just for me. I love her so much, and I feel like she's not feeling it. She wants to go lay down. She had to go like shoot in like 90 degree weather, and she's like, give me a. F- break i think she wanted to just make everyone <laughs> as miserable as she possibly could she always did jennifer saunders uh, uh talk she looks so cool in this movie they have a shot where they everybody's standing on the rails and she's like standing there with the sunglasses and she's got like that gray streak in her hair <laughs> she's doing a physical performance that's nuanced because she's always like looking at people like she kind of is hard of hearing uh-huh. when she walks she leans on things uh-huh. and she has a bit of a like a swagger to her that's kind of a limp uh-huh. she's playing much older than she is yeah, yeah she's yeah. speaking she has the fake american accent but it's kind of like northern new york which works <laughs> yeah and she she does really well and she at all points she's doing something interesting with her mouth <laughs> at all points she's got like a uh, physical <laughs> acting bingo she's like there's got to be another body part i can use here and she does such a good job I get, <laughs> she's my favorite of the scholars anyone who hasn't seen her playing um doing the spoof of mama mia where she spoofs um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah uh what's her name it just uh, went out Meryl of my Street. head. Meryl Streep. She's amazing. Look it up. It's hilarious. And speech. Talk, talk about. <laughs> I'm going to sing. No speech. But her, she, her physical acting there is just like you think you're watching. Um, I can't. Oh my gosh, I cannot say her name. 
Meryl Streep. Yes, you think you're watching Meryl Streep. I'm sorry. Well, she's a little indie, obscure actress. You probably anyway, don't know her. Yeah, no, anyway. Okay. And the last role, and I'm rolling it up. The last role, then we're going to do that little prediction thing. Um, <laughs> Annette Bening and then Mrs. Allerton from Death in the Nile. She's not in the old one. It's So Mrs. Allerton from Death in the Nile is the woman who played Tectuan in the new season of Doctor Who. Doctor Who, or the Doctor's mom. Oh, and she was so good in that. Like that season is not great, best yeah, of Chris Chibnall. But I was like, I want to watch her every day. She's like such a nice <laughs> character. And then Chris Chibnall was like, Now let's kill her, because <laughs> no one cares. And I was like, Chris, she was the most interesting thing of this season. <laughs> she had that. Gi- I suck at this. <laughs> she had a giant hat on her back at all times, and she was always like a traveler in between worlds. And she was a regenerated form of the Doctor's mom or the person who found the Doctor, depending on what timeline you're thinking about. <laughs> Anyway, you ruined everything, Chris, and Annette, I will never forgive. Annette Bening does strange things in this movie. Um, she made choices. Is what she you made, texted me. She made weird choices. <laughs> you texted me. Excuse me. I, I like her for the most part, but like sometimes she did. Like I think she's good for the whole movie. And after Book dies, she just does some strange things. Like she like she like keeps like pouting her lips. And saying like these weird lines, like after they reveal Jackie's the murderer, she goes, "You killed my son," and that line kind of sounds like she's a whining twelve-year-old. <laughs> it probably would be how somebody would deliver it. Yeah, but sometimes she gets a little too overboard. And at the end, when they're all walking off the ship, and she's wearing all black, and she's like grieving too much, and she's like, puts her hands on Paro, she's like, "No," and she leans over to Rosie, and she's like, "No," and she leans over to Paro, and she's like, "No." She does it three times, and I'm like, too much. Too much putting your hands upon and saying no. It looked, and, like and she looked a little like, it, of all the costuming, which was so really well done, she looked kind of like a, a cartoon character at that moment, and it yeah. didn't fit. But that's, like, that's nitpicking. And I, but I still like her. Okay, that's all the performances. I think that goes without saying. Movies best to worst. One hour, 57 minutes. Movies best to worst. Uh oh, I don't know. I mean, for sure, beauty and acting, you know, it would have to be Brana first, Suchet, and then Ustinov. That is my I don't, I don't dislike the Ustinov version. I, well, it's fun and light. Deep. That's and the, fair. <laughs> but it's it's a hard thing to compare. Like they don't really. Yeah. It's, it, they're two totally different movies. It's not the same movie twice. Right. So Anyway, and predictions. Okay. Yeah. So Zach is also going to say this because I deep in my heart want him to be right. The idea is, what is the next Poirot going to be? All they've said is, a lesser-known Christie, not obscure, a lesser-known Christie, going to be set in post-war Venice. Zach, do you need a list, or you just want to say a Poirot? Christmas party. Poirot's Christmas. All right, he's got it. I can tell you put a lot of thought into that one. I did. I I was sitting here, and I said, do I want to do the Halloween, or do I want to do Christmas? (laughs) It was going to be a holiday. Yeah. All right. You? I'm going to go first. Okay. I, I, I think it's going to be the murder of Roger Ackroyd, but that is not lesser known in any universe. Yeah. So it's probably going to be three-act tragedy. That's what I've decided. I know I'm wrong, but that's what I'm going with. I like that our choices don't sync up. I yeah. like that because we're going to cover a lot of and you've And I, you've put way more thought into this. Because I'm obsessed. So, yeah. so what is it? A few be? that I held on to like till the last <laughs> second. I'm sorry. I'm going to roll it, wrap it up. I'm sorry. Lord Edgware dies. I would hold on for a long time. Yeah. I could see that working. Yeah. But it's been made several times. It had like that Ustinov Pharaoh movie that was straight to TV, but I don't think he's going to do that. So here are my three. Oh, you narrowed it down to three. Yeah. And last time I talked to you, it was 15, so we're good. We got there. <laughs> Five Little Pigs is number three. Okay. It could happen. It's lesser known compared to the others. I think yes. it's going to go for more quiet. Number two, and I know you might not like this, The Hollow. Yeah. I feel like he would do that. 
And I feel like it would be a good twist. And I think he would add stuff to the story. It's and a very when we story. have the episode about the hollow, we'll talk about why I have such a strong reaction to that. And number one, <laughs> and I read it this week to make sure it was my number one, Taken at the Flood. Oh! I reread it. It's amazing. It's set post-war, and it is such a post-war Interesting, book. Interesting, because I remember you saying, I don't really remember much about this. So I was like, but I have to read... But it's not that. It wasn't my number one choice, <laughs> so I reread it, and I was like, this is my number one choice. I think okay. it is... I. I think it's taken out the flood. Well, as long as this gets out to the masses that we Kenneth, actually did if you tell push me, record, I won't, I won't tell anybody. Then, then we'll we'll see who's right. Kenneth, you could tell Zach. <laughs> so here's my really quick re- review of Peter Rabbit. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I had to watch it the other day with uh, with Alana and her little brothers, and I have to say that James Corden, I don't like you. <laughs> And it was a very bad movie. The only good part was when that one guy rolled down the hill and he yelled a lot. The old rabbit was mean. That's it. Bye. Oh, one hour, 59 minutes. Two hours. Woo! And now, Zach will go to bed on the table. (laughs) Delete. Good night, everybody. Bye.